He's around here somewhere. So does everyone come back as a ghost? No. My grandma told me it's usually people who still have stuff to figure out, or sometimes it's the ones who died suddenly or in a bad way. <laughs> Bob, is he there? How's he look? Good. He's happy to see you. Who's a good boy, huh? Good boy. Can he feel if I pet him? Yeah, I guess. Mmm, mmm, bubby, bubby, boom. Ah,、uh, that's not his chin. Uh, Matt Foster, hello guys. Yes, episode number ninety-nine. We we are so close to hitting that hundred. It's insane. Shit, it shitting off.、Um, so, yeah, yeah. Just how the hell did that?、Um, <laughs> no. So、uh, yeah, okay.、Uh, coming up on this week's show, we are going to be taking a look at the Wachowskis' new film.、Uh, Jup- oh, pardon me, sorry. Jupiter Ascending.、Um, we'll also be talking some trailers,、uh, some one old one new. Might go on some tangents. We've、uh, we're splitting the recording session、uh, this week, so、uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a bit more of a laid back show than it usually is. I don't know if people maybe sense towards the end of the show. Sometimes I'm a little bit like, yep, 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 yep. It's close to half seven. Yep, yep. But、uh, so hopefully that won't be the case tonight. And,、uh, and I mean, if I do sound like that, you know, I mean, if you've got any f- constructive feedback on that, email us, man. Tell us, you know. I, I,、uh. Maybe split recordings is the way forward. Who knows? But if you don't tell us, we're just going to stick with the usual and assume this is the best show on the internet. So,、uh, which it, which it clearly is. Yeah, obviously, obviously.、Um, so, yeah,、um, I will also say actually,、um, the last week of February,、uh, Noel and I are going to do a little bit of、um, pub podcasting.、Um, we're going to do、uh, Mank and a Monkey. And、uh, <laughs> it's、uh, we're going to be talking about、um, it follows,、uh, 
Uh, we, uh, so it's like the last weekend of February that's out, and uh, I'm going up a little bit early for Noel's uh, stag weekend, Noel Mellor. So um, we're going to be talking about it follows and having some ales and. Uh, God knows what else we'll end up talking about. But, um, yeah, so you'll have, like, a bonus episode there as well. Um, also, in two weeks' time, uh, Oscar Bation 2015. Yes. Um, so uh, it's going to be another live, unedited, what-the-fuck <laughs> episode. Uh, I, I believe Noel's joining us again. Literally, he is, yeah. as the last two, not going to edit a thing. I will say, this year, for the, those few of you who did listen to the whole thing last year... Lottie's not going to be in the room. I'm not going to be apologising for her noise half the time. I I remember that. It was embarrassing. She's going to be upstairs. I'm going to be downstairs. There's going to be none of that bollocks. It's going to be pure film chat shite for five hours or so. Yeah, and I'm I'm also, uh, for the next one, I'm going to get the Monday off work. (laughs) Yes, yeah, which is a wise, wise move. Yeah, so that I literally don't... Finish recording, go have breakfast, and then go to work. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked. Um, we should also say as well, sorry, having a bit of food there, my apologies. Um, episode 100 next week. Um, yes. We are going to be reviewing Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, Woo! We're go- we're gonna we're gonna do that. That's something yep. we're going to do. I'm seeing it. I, I am seeing it on Friday morning at 11 a.m. First fucking show in. Yeah, I've got to actually. I'm not even joking. Yeah, that's fucking hell. <laughs> but then again, there's a reason for that. The reason is oh, I'm away right. for the yeah. weekend, uh, and and I didn't want to go and see it while we were away. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Mainly, 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 I get some ideas beforehand. So. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Know. Nice. Um, I'm going to see what time I can see it. Right, there's a quarter past eleven showing on Saturday. I could, yeah, all right, I can deal with that. Yeah, I'm gonna be going in, asking for my tickets with my baby wipes in one hand and my bottle lube in the other. Nice. I'm, I'm just gonna like not look at. You know, I'm with Becky. Are you? Yeah, yeah, Bex is coming. Um, Don, Don's not coming with me, you know, <laughs> good honour, to be honest, she's a smarter person than I am in, in every respect, not, not just that, um, so yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey, but also the duties. Yes, the duties, uh, the categories and everything will be going live probably tomorrow, so, uh, well, that'll be Monday, it won't be tomorrow because you won't get this show for like another, another week, but it'll be... You'll have heard about them already by the time you listen to this. Uh, so it'll be a get voting on those kind of thing. And we will take your votes into consideration while we also consider uh, our own votes for them as well. There's going to be some normal categories um, like uh, best film, you know, best performance of the year and stuff like that. But the majority of it is going to be stupid categories like um, what was yours, Ian? Uh, which which character uh, seems like they'd have the biggest wang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there'll be categories like that. Uh, and Noel's also suggested a couple of categories. And, and uh, hopefully it'll be a bit of fun. Yeah, Mike has as well, hasn't he? Of, um, yeah, Mike. So, uh, Mike suggested a few. So, it, 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 if, if anybody does want to suggest a, a category, I will we will I will think of some um, nominations for it and put it out there. But, yeah, it, it, it should be a fun episode. Yeah. I'm also, I think Channing Tatum from Jupiter Ascending may get a nomination for a person with the biggest, uh, with likely the biggest wang. 
<laughs> yes. He's part wolf, isn't he? Like, he is part wolf, yeah. Wolves have big dicks. I, I, I don't spend that much time staring at um, wolf dicks, to be honest. Yeah, wolf dick. <laughs> I, ti- I think we might have a title for the show. Wolf dick. Wolf dick. Nice. Channing Tatum's wolf dick. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the world's fucking worst celebrity in Dar's perfume. See people like stumbling across our podcast looking for something else on Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Um, That's a tangent. <laughs> yeah, no, good. Um, Chain Tatum's Wolf Dick. Nice. Um, okay, I'll try to remember that. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's get started. I mean, at Dude the Monkey, at Ian Loring, at Dude Foz, uh, Dude the Monkey at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, let's begin. So, uh, quite a busy week for trailers. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. Uh, the... There was all the um, Super Bowl TV spots that kind of came out, but I think we kind of touched on them last week. Uh, the Jurassic World one, I, 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 it's a film that I really, 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 really want to get excited about. But I'm not at the moment. And I'm hoping it's one of those, like I had with Pacific Rim, where I just couldn't get excited about it. And then I saw the trailer on the big screen and was like, oh, hang on a minute, this is it then. Fine. And at the moment, because I've only seen the Jurassic World on the, you know, a small screen, it's not really got me. Yeah, I've not had that that rush of feeling. So I'm still not feeling it, but I'm not... I'm definitely not against the idea of it. I'm very up for it, I must say. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I, I like the hearkening back to the original while trying to kind of push it on a bit as well. Um, the Chris Pratt should be in everything brigade is starting to become a little much for me, but I do like him in this. It looks like he might be playing it a bit more serious than usual. And I'm intrigued yeah. to see how that turns out. Yeah, that, that, that I, I would say he's probably got it in him um, to, to do that. But yeah, I, I agree there. The, the whole him, it, it, it's back to that kind of fanboy thing we had Nathan Fillion for a while, where anything that was suggested it's like, oh, Nathan Fillion would be great for that. It's like, would he? Really? Mm. Really? And it's a bit like that. It's like, oh, if they're going to redo Indiana Jones, Chris Pratt, oh, if they're going to blah, blah. Like, right, all right, right, we get it. You like him. He's in a show you really like, and he was in a couple of films you really like last year. And yes, he's very entertaining, and he seems like a really nice guy, but just cool it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, I don't know. I mean, like with that rumor about him being looked at for Indiana Jones as well, mm. and it's um, but then I mean, who who would you recast as Indiana Jones? I mean, Chris Pratt's probably as good a bet as anybody else to be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To be honest, I, if they come out and said, "Look, we're redoing Indiana Jones, we're rebooting Indiana Jones." And Chris Pratt's been in our Jones. I go, yeah. You know what? I, I, I'm all, I, I can I can see that it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be a lot more offended by the idea of a rebooted Indiana Jones if we didn't have Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But um, yeah. you know that, that we saw what happened there. Yeah, I mean, it, it just you know Spielberg and Ford and Lucas maybe just nah. Let's. Let someone else take a crack at it, and uh, you know, um, as long as it doesn't end up in fucking JJ Abrams. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it won't be, you know. Even though, I mean, then again, he's not. I've got any Star Wars on his plate after Episode Seven, so this time next year he might be looking for something else to do. But um, uh, is, is he definitely not doing any more after that? No, yeah. I mean, Ryan Johnson's doing them. So um, oh. Episode Eight and Nine, I, I believe he's definitely writing, writing and directing Episode Eight. He's writing Episode Nine, and I think he's been confirmed to direct Episode Nine as well. But that was, I remember back in the day when that was first announced, that was a little bit up in the air. But yeah, I think Abrams' kind of involvement is. I, I think he, he'll be on board as a producer and whatnot, and you know, obviously, I think yeah. he's going to set the style bible for how the trilogy's going to look. But um, yeah, I think like day-to-day involvement is just really the first film. Yeah, that seems it seems strange that they'd have the same choose the same director for the the following two, um, but not have like Abrams beyond the first one. It's, it's a peculiar way to go about it, but I suppose there'll be a method to their madness in some way, you would think. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but um yeah yeah so i mean but jurassic world i'm it, i'm looking forward to it i'm i'm liking the idea of the park being open and everything going to shit yeah that is that is a, a good way to go for it um next one i watched was the uh second trailer for uh minions um <laughs> i'm still not getting the minions thing um it just they they seem like the sort of thing that would be great in little three-minute blocks, a 110-minute probably block that we'll end up getting, I, I just, I could see it running out of steam very friggin' quickly. But people seem to love them, so, you know, fuck it. Banana. People, it's all about banana. Yeah, it, yeah, uh, yeah that, that's, that's going to become really annoying after I've heard people say it 50 times in pubs. Um, Magic Mike XXL. Yeah. Um, look exactly like the film everybody thought that Magic Mike was and then it turned out to be something different mm-hmm. but already like the character like the world of Bill so do you know what it might be shit it probably will be shit but I'm perfectly happy to spend an hour and 40 minutes with that character to be honest it looks like it might be a little bit more fun the magic mic and i really like magic mic it's a great film but i think this looks like it might go right we're going to show you the, the fun aspects of it rather than the fun and the fallout yeah i don't think it's going to be an examination of mike's want to, to succeed as much as it's going to be a fun adventure with some fun dance sequences you know it, it, it's um I mean, it, it looks incredibly far away from the first film, but I'm I'm fine with that. If it was just more of the first film, I think that would be worse. It, you know, yeah, it, it, yeah, it would be, like you say. If, if it was more, if it was another hour and forty minutes, I might go in. You know, I'm more than this and everything like that. You know, it, it would it would be a little bit like fuck off. You've already done this. Take your fucking take your fucking shirt off. It would. I, I would literally be at the point where I'd be shouting that. So you know, I, I'm I'm well up for it. I think I, I like I say I really enjoyed Magic Mike. I even enjoyed the dance bits of it. It was a fun movie, and this looks like it's going to be just all of that fun. It also looks like it's it, it is almost poking fun at itself in a way. That bit at the end. Yeah. You know I, exactly. I, yeah, that bit at the end. If that wasn't there, to be honest, I think I'd be a little bit more worried about it because like the start. Is just fucking ridiculous. Like, what? What is the context of him uh, like welding or whatever he's doing and dancing? You know, well, I read a thing that apparently that um, 
Chain Tatum was asked about that during the thing for Jupiter Ascending, the promise of Jupiter Ascending, and he said that, you know, not he said to remember not everything that is in a trailer necessarily is in a film. And so I could see maybe as having a little bit of a... Because it's poking fun at Flashdance, essentially, isn't it? That's interesting, if that's the case. I'm not too sure whether yeah. I believe that, but that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it might be, but yeah, but I, 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 that, it was that, coupled with the last scene of the trailer, made me go, all right, this is going to be a little bit... This is going to be a little bit more tongue-in-cheek than Magic Mike was, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's... Which... which I could easily get behind. Mm, it's, it's good to see the um, a lot of the original um, guys are back in it as well, like uh, yeah. Joe Manjaniello <laughs> and yeah. um, the, 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 the kind of the hairy older guy as well. Um, who the fuck is he? Didn't he used to be a wrestler? Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Like that. That's him. That's yeah. him. That's him. Like he's back in it as well. You know, he, yeah. it, 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 some of my favourite moments of Magic Mike, which is watching him trying yeah, to not the dancing. <laughs> you know, yeah. It is great, yeah. Um, the other bit, uh, the Furious 7, uh, second full trailer. Um, the more I see this movie, the more I just go, yep, do you know what? Have my fucking money. Have my money and give me my two and a bit hours of entertainment. I'll happily take it. Yep. Um, I, I also now, whenever I see a trailer for, 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 for the Furious movie, my brain automatically waits for um, Vin Diesel to say the word family and then for you to immediately repeat it in my brain again. Family. family. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it looks fucking fun. Family. And let's be honest, it, it, it is going to be fun. You know, it's it's The Rock fighting the state. What's not fun about that? The, the stunt at the end of the trailer as well, as silly as it is, is bananas, and I Which like the, how bananas it is. The car going through the what is it? Oh yeah, they're going, going through the building and him jumping out of the car. Like yeah. the, 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 like driving out of the one building, piling into the other building, smashing through a load of like um, like priceless terracotta soldiers. Yeah, diesel bundling out of the car and then the car like driving through another window and then dropping out. Yeah, like I. I can't wait to see what context that is in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm it's... hoping it's Jason Statham walks into the room. Vin Diesel's like, I've got to get out of here. <laughs> There's a car in the room for some reason and just decides to do that. It, it literally is. Like, the entire Fast series, is what they do is they wait until everyone's left the office after writing down ideas and kind of doing some brainstorming for a Mission Impossible movie, and everyone goes, "Oh, well, let's let, let's go, let's go and get dinner, and let's come back to it tomorrow." And then, then the writers of the Fast and Furious movies go in, look in the bin, and go, "Fucking hell, this is gold! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do this." Ethan drives through a building. Why have they scribbled this out? This is amazing. I'll just replace Tom Cruise with Vin Diesel. There we go. And that and do you know what? I bet it's wonderful. I'm pumped. And it's going to make yeah. a shitload of money as well. Oh, it's going to make so much money. Like the release date is super smart as well. Like, the start of April. So, you know, you haven't had that much big uh, award seasons over. People are kind of ready for summer blockbuster stuff again. It's and, Easter and, weekend, and, isn't it? Yeah. And then you just get hit with this. Like, th- this is going to be... Mental mm-hmm. huge. 
I yeah, I could see I could see this challenging the the takings of the previous ones and then some. And you know what? Fuck it. All power to it. Because this is a series that was essentially a bit of a joke six, seven years ago. And it should be and dead. It should and be it, dead. It should be. But now it, it's turned itself through just sheer force of will and sheer force of being really fucking entertaining into a, a, a show, a, a, a series that people are actively going, do you know what? I'm really looking forward to that. Um, the Pull a Guy trailer, the uh, remake of that. Uh, I, I completely forgot the remake in Poltergeist, to be honest. Um, it looks like a remake of Poltergeist. You know, I, I enjoy the original. Um, they've changed things up a little bit in this one. Um, I, I won't be rushing to see it. I'll watch it, but it, nothing in that trailer made me go, ooh, that's interesting. It just made me go, all right. That was about it. I'm impressed by how strong some of the imagery in it is, mind. Um, for a film that at the start it says it's been rated PG-13, mm. that clown shit is, you know, clowns are kind of an easy, easy win anyway, I suppose. Yeah, but um, I mean, yeah, like that, incredibly, that image at the end of easy. the clown just kind of like leaping out at him. You know, I'm I'm down for that. It, it kind yeah, of, it, it it could be perfectly decent. If it, if it's got the level of intensity that the trailer somewhat suggests it's got, I'm mm. I, I'm very I'm very up for it. We'll see. I mean, it's directed by Gil Keenan, who hasn't directed a film in ages. You know, uh, he did Monster House and City of Ember, and I really yeah. like both of those films. Yeah, City of Ember was, was one that was a lot better than it had any fucking right to be. Mm. It didn't get a fair crack of the whip, that film. No, it just absolutely disappeared without a trace. And uh, Don and I went released... to see it in the cinema and, and really impressed. Well, it released at, like, like the, the second week in January or something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, it a real funny release date. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed City of Ember, actually, yeah. Mm. Um, the Cobbler, the new Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, uh, I didn't go anywhere near this, man. The word from, like, Tiff and whatnot, it's just... I'm not. I'm not interested. No, it, it's one of those where I, I, I watched it because I'd watched a load of other ones and I thought, oh, do you know what? I might as well just watch it. Sure. Um, it it doesn't look like one of these um, Kevin James Fat Man Fall Down films. It doesn't. It looks more like along the lines of Click or something like that. Well, I mean, it's directed which isn't... by fucking Tom McCarthy. Well, yeah, I saw that. That's a fucking weird one. I think he wrote uh, it as well, maybe. He as did, well. yeah. We, we, it, it's just the weirdest thing. Yeah, it, it it looks like there's some interesting ideas there. It's one that I'll watch when it creeps up on Netflix, something like that. Yeah, I just... That's so weird. I'll, I mean, Win Win, which was his last film, is a great, underseen, unheralded little thing starring Paul Giamatti. And it's, yeah. and it's great, you know. And it, but it, it's just weird that he then comes back with an Adam Stan, a Sandler starring film where what is it? He puts people's shoes on and he becomes them or something. Yeah, he, he, he realizes. Yeah, if he puts people's shoes a cobbler and he, he puts someone's shoes on one day and then realizes that he essentially he can become them and live their lives. Again, it sounds like a premise from one of the films he would have done in Funny People, you know, like like Jack and Jill. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which didn't work out very well for anyone. No, I, uh, yeah. 
seventh son, um, the Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore uh, kind of adventure film, um, which I saw a trailer for before um, Jupiter Ascending. Um, have you seen the trailer for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, first, it's, it's the first time I've, I've actually come across it, to be honest. Um, why is Jeff Bridges doing a bad impression of Bane? Mm-hmm. It's 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 a really fucking strange one. I know this film was made idea. so long ago that it may well have been before the Dark Knight Rises came out. <laughs> uh, it came out like genuinely, this film's been on the shelf for an age. Uh, it, I I I don't know who this film's made for. Uh, um, it's, it's one of those I don't know who had the idea to make a a kind of fantasy adventure movie starring Julianne Moore and Jeff Bridges. That doesn't make sense. You know, it, 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 yeah. Fucking peculiar one. I don't know who's going to go and see that. I think it'll probably be nobody. Yeah, I mean, it, it um, came and out the final US one this weekend. So, I think it did like five or six million dollars. It was a massive I'm bomb. Surprised that it did that. Yeah, okay. um, and the last one uh, is the film Focus, the uh, Magarobi. Yeah, um, I saw this. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, <sighs> what the fuck? It, I, I, it looks so incredibly dull. If, if for once, Will Smith could check his ego at the fucking door, he might have a chance at actually being a really good actor, because he's certainly got all of the attributes to be a really good actor, but he just seems to bring all of this baggage with him, and the baggage is just signed photos of him that he will give to everybody because he thinks they want them. It is just... it. You get, I get the feeling that, that before that trailer went out, Will Smith went, can I just check, did I look cool enough throughout all of that? Did I look cool enough? You know the bit where he's hitting me? Yeah. Can we get rid of the blood? Why? You know, you're getting pushed. Yeah, Will Smith doesn't bleed. I don't... You, you, need, you need to understand this one thing. Will Smith is the coolest motherfucker in the world. Now, are we all understood? Okay. It just looks like they took what could be a slightly interesting mid-level film, you know, that would be throwaway entertainment, like Runner Runner, for instance, that we both watched a couple of years ago yeah. and both said that it's as generic as you can fucking get, but it's quite, it's actually quite enjoyable. Yeah. This should be that, but then Will fucking Smith turns up and just makes it a Will Smith movie. Boring. Mm. <laughs> no fucking interest at all. No, agreed, to be honest. I mean, I'll probably watch it at some point. But... I will, yeah. I probably will watch it as well. <laughs> see what the reviews are like. But, yeah, it's one of those where I'll watch it and pretty much watch it and go, go I really enjoyed Mario Robbie and that, but what the fucking hell, Will? Mm. We get it. You think you're cool. All I'm going to say is thank you for not bringing your kids along this time. That, and also, what's the age difference between them? Um, she'll be... She's, like, early 20s, isn't she? I'm he thinking must, he, he is must be over pushing 50. double her age. So it, so he's old enough to be at least... Uh, well and truly her dad. Mm-hmm. Right, Will Smith is 46. Fuck, Will Smith's only 46. And Margot Robbie is 24. Mm-hmm. He's a, he, he is just shy of double her age. That's fucked. It's a little bit creepy, isn't it? That's why is that yeah. getting talked about? Because 
because people are still under the under this impre- impression that Will Smith's really nice because the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was really nice. Yeah, I mean the thing is, that film doesn't do well, and he's in trouble. I mean, I think he's mm-hmm. making a smart decision doing Suicide Squad because that's guaranteed money. Like that's that's pretty much guaranteed a hit. As long I mean, if, as long as Batman vs Superman does well. That film's going to make money. Yeah, it it will do. Yeah, um, and until they actually fucking start shooting on that film, I'm not convinced that that's the final fucking cast. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Tom Hardy's already dropped out, hasn't he? So, um, yeah, who, because and they've still not they've still not replaced that, have they? Not no, not officially. They went to Jake Gyllenhaal and he rejected it. So um, yeah, he didn't want to do a he didn't want to do a superhero movie, did he? Hmm. Which, fair play to him, you know, he, he, he's well and truly forging his own kind of path at the moment. Mm. Uh, other than that, what, have you got anything to add that, that, that you've caught this week? Nah, man, we covered that shit well. Nice. Oh, I'm leading it. Jesus Christ, yeah. I love that shit. That <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, so uh, that's it for trailers. We're going to have a clip from uh, the Wachowski's new film, Jupiter Ascending, and we're going to get into it. Because of who and what you are, you're unable to say this. So I'll say it for you. You lied in the Commonwealth because you're a hunter who's been searching for one thing his whole life. You survived so long without it. The fact that you may have found it terrifies you, but not as much as the fact that she's down there, buried in several tons of hurricane. And if you want to see her again, and you take my advice, you get down there and you start digging. Okay, uh, so Jupiter Ascending is written and directed by the Wachowskis. Stars uh, Mila Kunis, uh, Channing Tatum, Eddie Redmayne, uh, Sean Bean, and uh, others. Uh, Story is uh, Jupiter Jones, played by Mila Kunis, is a cleaner. Uh, who works with her family and yeah. hates her life, uh, but things soon change when she is whisked off by Kane, played by Channing Tatum, a bounty hunter type person sent to capture her for um, a, uh, a, 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 the mem- a member of a family who are looking for her because she is some sort of royalty. Uh, so, Jupiter Ascending, um, you know, uh, it, it's been pushed back, like, months, it was originally supposed to come out around about the same time as Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which would have been interesting, um, and is now out now, uh, it did just under $20 million in the US this weekend, so not great, there were six of us in my showing yesterday, um, there were five in mine today, yeah, uh, so... Not boding too well. It's the return of the uh, Wachowskis, who last had uh, a bit of a bomb with Cloud Atlas a few years back, and sees them writing and directing all their own material, I believe. Mark, Jupiter Ascending. (laughs) The thing is, with Jupiter Ascending, is you've got two leads, essentially, uh, in Channing Tatum and Myla Kunis, who are both very charismatic screen presences to be around. You know, Channing Tatum 
it, it has become a bona fide fucking star. Um, and you know, thoroughly deserved it. He, 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 he does flip between outright dumb comedy, good action, um, and he, you know, he can mix it with the serious stuff. Madakun is, is great at that slightly kind of sassy but not a bitch girl next door kind of thing that she's got going on. It works really well for her. Um, for parts of Jupiter Ascending while, while they're there, um, it, it, it can be quite entertaining. It can be quite charming. The only problem is, is that there's another two and a two like two hours uh, where they're not there, and it is I can take I can take dumb fun. I fucking lap that shit up. Fuck. Early this week, I watched uh, Escape from LA, and I really fucking enjoyed it. I can take dumb fun. What I can't take is stupid. Just outright stupid, hang on a minute, that doesn't make sense. And there were so many points in Jupiter Ascending where it either bugged me, bored me, or made me go, that don't make sense. And it, it just kind of, it, it, it ruined the fact that it could have just been a, an entertaining throwaway space opera, which I would have fucking loved, and it's what I was hoping for, and it was what I was looking forward to. And the problem is, they just fuck it up by putting, just throwing too much at it, and so much of it falls down that what you end up left with is the only bits that are still stuck there are Channing Tatum and Myla Kunis but then the Wachowskis insist on picking up everything that fell down and slapping it back all over them and it just doesn't work I'll get to some of the points some of the specific points that annoyed me but go, what do you think? Um, I mean I enjoyed it um, I'm not I'm not going to be leaping to its defence like vociferously, it's not John Carper. Uh, John Carper, it's John Carter. Um, it also contains the worst performance of the year by anybody ever. Um, the worst choice of voice, maybe if it's the same person. I, I think the overall performance is terrible. I needed that planet. Yes. I I am Eddie Redmayne. I am currently nominated for an Oscar. I'm not going to talk about this movie because I want people to forget that I was in it. That's that's <laughs> a very good impression. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... As soon as he opens his mouth, you are thinking, oh, dear. And yeah, yeah. You know, just, yeah oh, oh all three of them. All three of them. Because... Don't Douglas Booth is a weird-looking motherfucker, yeah, isn't he? Douglas Booth's got a weird energy to him, man. Like... Do you know what Douglas Booth looks like? Douglas Booth looks like... You know when you get magazines, create the perfect male face out of bits of other people's face, and then put it all together and you go, ah, like that? That's... That is Douglas Booth. It's like a photo fit of a good-looking person. Yeah, yeah, it just okay. doesn't work. He, do you know what he looks like? You know the default sim you get on, uh, like, Sims from 1998? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looks like. Just like before you've added any kind of fe- yeah, distinguishing features <laughs> yeah. at all. It's just yeah. slabs of eyes and nose. Yeah, I'm not sure I could, yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that. I mean, but I mean, I will say he's got a weird energy where you don't yeah, know if he, he does. wants to fuck you or kill you, which well, yeah, is quite entertaining. And one of the interesting things about that is because the idea with um, Myla Kunis' character is, from what I got of the movie, is she is the genetic identical, genetically is identical to um, their mother. Yeah. Uh, and so in in their world, which is beyond our world, the genetic identity essentially can you know, like say, be left things in the world because this is something that happens again. It's like uh, reincarnation, but not quite reincarnation. It's an interesting idea, by the first, way. Yeah, the, it is an interesting idea, absolutely, yeah. But the first thing that Titus wants to do is marry and kill it. Now, at no point does anyone go, hang on a minute, right? Isn't it a little bit weird that the first thing he wants to do is marry his dead mum? But to be fair... He does explain that away in that he's basically trying to fuck everybody else over. He does, but don't you think that she might have gone, wait a minute, I I, I get your ideas. She's always a bit unsure about it, and he does do a good job on trying to convince her the reason why. Yeah, which which is fair enough, but it's just, it's a, when he said that, I thought, that's a fucking strange place to go. Yeah, well, when it he did... goes, will you marry me? Yeah, it, it, initially yeah. it is a bit like, what? Huh? Huh? What the fuck? But, but it, it, that's, that's the, that was the, the smallest of my, really, in this movie. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the interesting thing that I, I don't quite make sense of with this is that she's supposed to be royalty. Oh, right. Right, go, and that'll, I'll come to that in a second, because this yeah. bugged the fuck out but of me. it's basically, the family are essentially the head of Space L'Oreal. Yeah, that's it. They're not, they're not a royal family. Yeah. They're a rich family. So where do they introduce, right, which, right, they introduce it just randomly, where, because a bee doesn't fucking sting her, Oh, she's a queen. Oh, that's... Oh, yeah, right. they never explain your, that, do you? Your Majesty... What? Right, for a start off, Your Majesty is one of the most irritating things anybody can say. And they said it far too many times in this movie. She's not actually a queen of anything or a royalty. She's just a member... Or, no, is genetically identical or replicant of a member of a really, really rich family. She's not a royal, it wouldn't seem. They didn't kind of clarify that up. And yeah, they don't clarify why he's got loads of fucking bees around. Is it, is it a noted thing that people like uh, Donald Trump have the ability to control bees? So they're taking I, this from I, real life? It, it, it could be. Oh, well, bees are genetically, uh, genetically uh, made to to, 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 to to see queens. So you're a queen. What? Because you've not been stung. Do you know what? Right? I've not been stung by a bee. Am I a queen? I'm... Clearly I am. According to Sean Bean, I am Queen of Sheffield because because I've not been stung by a bee. What the fuck? Bees don't lie. I'm already liking the film less, actually. Bees don't lie. Yeah. Fucking... Didn't... Right? His daughter just disappears. I'll go get some food for tonight. Yeah, later. See you later. Gone. Never comes back. Right? Apart from the fact that he, he saved her from something because she's got the, I don't know, the bee flu or something like that. Also, if you like bees, apiaries. Don't just have hives hanging off everything. It's a good security device, mind. 
It is, unless a queen comes. Yeah, that's true. Which, which, which apparently is, is anybody who's not been stung by a frigging bee. Yeah, I... Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I, it, it, it is... The, 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 I mean, the thing is as well, I mean, I, I will just say, the film looks fantastic. Oh, it looks, it looks great. You know, this is a, what, $180 million, I think uh, it, yeah. around about, it costs, yeah. It looks good. It, it, you know, it, the world looks good. The world building is shit, but the world looks good. That's I don't know. Like, yeah, it, but, but it looks nice. Um, but the one thing I will say about Jupiter Ascending with absolute certainty, there are more fetishes in this film being displayed than there will be in the film we're reviewing next week, <laughs> which is a film about fetishes. Right? It, we get it. We get Wachowski's. You like leather. Um, the the girl on the motorbike thing, the the, the, the flying yeah, motorbike yeah. thing, where whenever they're sneaking anywhere, she goes on a flying fucking motorbike, right? You look at her, right, and then have a look at Lena Wachowski, right? Because um, it is literally that's what you want to look like, isn't it? That's who you want to look like. That's who you want to look like, and. Chain Tatum's who you want to fuck. Clearly. Because why did he spend a good proportion of the film without a fucking shirt on? For no reason. Well, no, because it's Channing Tatum. In fairness. Well, yeah. Because it's Channing Tatum. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy watching Channing Tatum without his shirt on. You know, I, as much as the next person, fine. I'm, I'm as happy looking at a guy without his shirt on as I am looking at a girl without a shirt on. You know, it, he's sculpted that body and I'm going to fucking appreciate it. But, it is a little bit like, he could have put a shirt on there, really, couldn't he? You know, it, he probably would have done, in reality. Yeah. I know this. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, what, the other things that I do have a problem with, the end of the second act and the end of the third act are mm. pretty much the same. Yeah. Mila Kunis is in a dangerous situation. <laughs> Channing Tatum is nowhere near has to conduct an epic rescue mission that involves him coming from somewhere very, very far away. It, it's but the thing is, the you same. know that's going to happen. Yeah. You know exactly that's going to happen. The the battle scenes in this movie are painfully boring. Not, and I don't think it's this movie's fault as such. I liked the first I think one it's in just Chicago. The... I liked the Chicago one, the way it was constantly changing itself up. Um, mm, I, I, I re- actually, I thought that just being played out against kind of real backdrops, I I appreciate it actually. I think I'm just getting epic epic scoot around battle fatigue now in movies because it is almost like every big budget movie now has to have at least two or three of those in it all of the time, and they all look the fucking same. There's bits in that where I was watching it going, looks nice looking like this, but you could literally lift this and then lift the battle scene when they're coming out of that city in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Swap them round and you barely even notice the fucking difference. They're just very nicely put together bits that go on way too long. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed the action, generally, to be honest. I, I mean, maybe I just don't have that fatigue yet. And, uh, 
I, I don't know. I mean, it's been a while since we've had a big budget space film as well. I mean, like Gravity aside, obviously, but you know, this type of space film, and I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just in my wheelhouse or something. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. And I mean, Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis don't have a lot of chemistry together. Her wanting to get to it or get with him thing kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere. And I mean, it does come out of nowhere. I will say, like. Mila Kunis, despite being on screen for most of the film, is not given that much to do. She basically reacts to other people. She, she, uh, for a, a good, the middle act, she essentially is a, a, a human doll for the Wachowskis to put in different outfits. Sure. Uh, and, and for a, you know, let's, let's not get fucking carried away. Mila Kunis isn't a, incredible actress but she's a, a very she's a good actress you know yes she's not really done that much in terms of you know hard-hitting serious roles but for this type of role she's she's great at doing that kind of you know personality on screen bit you know she's like i said she's a pleasant person to be have on screen and to watch but she's given fuck all to do it at all yeah, I mean, like you kind of expect it to be quite ass-kicking as well, and that never even really happens. Yeah, I mean, you compare it to, again, John, with John Carter, Lynn Collins in, in John Carter, and, you know, she's spiky, and she can handle herself, and yes, you know, the ending is, like, him saving her from a, from a, a wedding uh, situation, but she feels like she can hold her own. Yeah, and, mm. um, you know, I, I just, and, and, you know, she's knowledgeable and whatnot. This, it's basically her moping about, finds out she's destined from, uh, she's uh, kind of from greatness, has a crisis of conscience, requires saving. Yeah, That's, that's exactly. basically her arc. And then ends up, ends up accepting her place in life, which I, was a little, Little bit kind of free, we'd be like, hang on a minute, so that, that's it, she's, she's just gonna go back and go, do you know what, maybe I should enjoy my life that I thought was shitty before because essentially I live in a house with 17 other fucking people and I'm a cleaner. There's nothing wrong with being a cleaner by the way, uh, it's a perfectly, you know, it's a perfectly fine profession, you know, do with fuck whatever pays the bills or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But she clearly wasn't happy with her life. But then she decides, oh, well, now I've seen that rich people are bastards. Rich fucking alien mega megalomaniacs are bastards. Maybelline people, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit. And also that, when she goes, oh, my God, this is made out of the essence of people. I thought thought she was supposed to call that 20 minutes beforehand when she was talking to the girl. Yeah, it was a little bit like, you know... Like, really, I, I thought she had that realisation, that's the thing. And then yeah. and then she seems to have it again. Like, I, yeah. That was weird. I, I just thought I was keeping up with the film, but it's, it, I was actually ahead of the film. And also, um, Clinique, or whatever she was called, um, right, if you've got that shit just to fucking hand, if your business is making that shit, right... And, and you know you just use it whenever. Why did you? Why do you wait? And, and I, I'm guessing that it takes a long time for her to get old. Why has she waited for thousands of years or whatever and gone? Ah, oh, but I better use this again now, aren't I? If they've had the ability to use that, surely it's something you'd use like every fucking hundred years or whatever. It just there was so many bits like that where it was like I I understand why 
why aesthetically you've done that for the film, but once you look beyond that point, it stops making sense. For instance, they made a big deal of talking about Channing Tatum's um, booty things that he wears. That they're not, that they don't make him fly. They manipulate gravity so he can use them to like skate along, right? Which is what he says essentially. Why can he use them in space then, where there's no gravity? I mean, the, 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 he uses them in space at one point. There's no gravity in space. So it, 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 it's, it's little bits like that that you're thinking, really? You wrote all of this and then you put things like that in it? Come on. Yeah. It just... I, I, I think part of the reason why I'm, I'm angry is because I really, really wanted to enjoy this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I did enjoy it. I, I, I enjoy it to, a, to an extent. It's not terrible, but it's also, it's not very good either. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, you've convinced me. I mean, I'm not going to say def- definitely shit because I got enough out of it, but fine, touching cloth and I started it definitely not shit. Well done. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm on it. I'm gonna have to say it, 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 it shit because it just is for me. It's one of those where there's enough, there's enough sort of flashing lights and you know stupidity and ridiculous and you know, the leads are entertaining everything like that that I, I will absolutely understand if people go. Do you know what I enjoyed? Did it. You I just had fun say with there it. are enough flashing lights. Yeah. Right. Why? Is that, is that, that what you need to? Is that what you need Would to that, entertain you? Flashing lights? No. What I'm saying is, is that's what some people need to entertain them. It is if you can go in and literally just go, I want to watch this, and you you never want to think about it a second after you, it's finished. Then I'm I'm sure you you can get some enjoyment out of it. Once you delve beneath the fucking really fucking thin sugary layer of fucking surface of this creme brulee, you get into it and you go, "What? Why is there beans? There should be like a creme disease there. What the fuck's going on here? It just doesn't make sense." <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, I I don't know. I, I the thing is, like I said at the start, I can't I, I can't really defend it. It just it's not one I'm particularly. Bothered about the, the score's great. The score's yeah, great. The score's Doesn't fit the fucking movie right. at all, but it's great. It, it's it's weird that after Speed Racer, they still got 180 million dollars to do it, this. It's, it that's weird. Baffles me. It baff- literally this. The next time the Wachowskis sort of stroll into a studio and go, "We want to make this," they're gonna go, "Fuck off." Yeah, I mean, I, I, no. the thing is, I like Speed Racer. I'm a big... I, I like, I like Speed Racer. You know, but I mean, like, Cloud Atlas didn't do very well, even though I think this was kind of the gears were turning on this before Cloud Atlas came out. Um, but then this, it just, yeah, Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis, they're two big stars. How, how do you see the rest of this actually making the $500 million or so it would probably require to actually break even? Exactly. How, how does that happen? It's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one of the least successful visions that the Wachowski brothers have had. Um, even though, I mean, I enjoyed the action sequences. 
I, I like the look of it. I think I just enjoyed looking at it for two hours. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I could absolutely see that. It does look, it does look really nice. Like, I, I can't criticize it for that. It looks nice. Um, the world, like I said, the construction, the way the world looks is really nice. Um, we, I could have done with more of that, more of the actual world. Um, I, but it, I was talking about it with, with Bex, so, you know, Bex didn't watch it with me, but, uh, we were talking about it afterwards. And it, it's, it's weird because the Wachowskis essentially have got this money because uh, I've still got this credit in the bank because of the Matrix movies. You know, that that's it, you know. I mean, I, for, for instance, I, I loved their first movie. I saw, I was a big fan of Bound before before the Matrix came out. Uh, it's a fucking great film, is Bound. And the Matrix is one of those, one of those movies where it's, it, it caught a zeitgeist at a time. It's it's one of those films where it's not it's not a classic as such, but it's a very fondly remembered movie. It is the sort of thing that in ten years time will still be able to play on IT fucking V one on a Saturday night and people will go, oh, shit, the Matrix is on, nice. It's that kind of thing. And you know, it was it wasn't as innovative as people like to fucking pretend. You know, a lot of the stuff had already been done before, but just not in English language movies, so people act like it never fucking happened. But uh, The Matrix, you know, it was innovative. It was a different idea. Um, it wasn't as original as anyone sort of said, but like I say, it caught a zeitgeist. The problem is, since then, they've never been able to replicate that. that. And it, you start to go, was it a fluke? Well, yeah, it seems like it fucking was a fluke because this is the first thing I think they've done since that where they've been in charge of creating, you know, everything, the world, yeah. everything there. You know, Speed Racer was based on a Japanese comic book and Cloud Atlas was based on a, uh, it's a book, isn't it? Yeah, David Mitchell book. Not, not yeah. on uh, Mitchell Web. That's <laughs> just FYI, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and let's be honest, The Matrix was, you know, was fun. It was good. The sequels are fucking terrible. I enjoyed Speed Racer, um, but you could quite easily say that was an accident as well. Uh, I, 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 to be honest, I made it 20 minutes through Cloud Atlas and had to turn it off. Not because um, it was boring or anything like that. I just, I was too tired to put another two and a half hours with it. But it, it just seems like they've, they've, they've kind of run out of steam now. Um, and if this is all they've got, then fuck, they're not gonna, I, I, you know, they're gonna struggle to do anything else. Yeah, it's, I think. Unless Sensei is really fucking good. Yeah, oh, that's their TV series, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, um, for Netflix. Yeah, um, unless they do Matrix 4, they're never getting this amount of money out of the studio ever again. Ever. <laughs> and the only way, I, I only think the way that they'd be able to do Matrix 4 is if Keanu Reeves agreed to do it. And I just can't see him doing that because what would be the only reason for him to do it? Money. And one thing Keanu Reeves has proved uh, in his life is he really doesn't care about money. Yeah. He he's given away most of his money for a start off. So you know this is a guy who is worth you know uh, yeah still uh, probably a, he's still worth a couple of hundred million, but has given away hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, the only way you could see it is if they sat him down and went, we'll give you a hundred million quid. 
to make this fucking movie. Yeah. You know, you'll get 50 million and you'll get 10 points on pre-fucking profit gross and, he, and then you can give it all to charity. Yeah. That, that might be the only way you get it to go, fuck it, yeah, why not? Yeah, quite. I, I just, I like, I, to be honest, these days, what, with the well-being, what it is, if they're going to redo The Matrix, it's going to be a TV show. Um, yeah, probably. You know, and, and actually, to be fair, that would be something I'd probably kind of be interested in. You know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a, a weekly series about the battles of, uh, like, trying to, like, defeat the machines and whatnot. Yeah, I'd probably watch that, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, Jupiter Ascending. We will never see it like again. Uh, either in terms of the Wachowskis <laughs> or in terms of space opera of this sort. <laughs> There is one. There is one thing I will say that, that I am slightly um, that does kind of bother me a little bit about the fact that Jupiter Ascending, which I don't think is a good movie, but I don't hold any malice towards it, uh, is the problem is that film is bombing at the moment, and so what will happen now is that perceived nature of it will now be. Right. This is further evidence that um, original ideas, original uh, ideas, yeah, yeah, yeah. can't make money, and, and that's that's sad because that it means that we're just going to end up having this whole comic book uh, homogenisation of, of of the modern blockbuster. And I'm not an anti-comic book guy, but to be honest, I I don't want a world where 2018 and every blockbuster out is a fucking Marvel or DC movie. I, that would make me go, uh, you know, I, I would happily prefer to give my fucking money to Jupiter Ascending, walk out of it and go, that was shit, than to give my money to Thor 3 and come out and go, that was a Marvel movie. Mm. <laughs> You're more ambivalent on the Marvel films than I am. I, uh... I am, yeah. But I, 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 as always... People enjoy it, and I'm fucking all part of that. I love that people enjoy cinema. But, you know, fuck it. Seriously, give stuff a chance, because, you, you know, you might enjoy shit like it. You know, don't forget to take my opinion. That's just my opinion on it. You might really fucking enjoy uh, Jupiter Ascending. But don't look at it and go, yeah, that's why I'll wait for Netflix, because what will happen is, is those movies will just cease to exist. And the thing is, I, I think it's already, it, it's already going to cease to exist. I mean, the, 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 the cinema is going to be all bigger films all the time within the next mm. few years. It's going to be bigger films and Oscar-y type prestige films. That's yeah. all it's going to be in the cinema. Anything in the middle of that, the, the kind of the interesting middle ground, mid-level thing is going to be VOD. It is what it is. It's going to be Netflix. It's going to be Amazon Instant Video. You know, that that's it. Going to the cinema for original content is pretty much done. Well, I was... And, I okay, was... I'm fine. Personally, I'm fine with that because I can't be fucked to go out to the cinema as it is. I was told an interesting thing a few weeks ago by a, a a programmer for a chain of cinemas, which I'm not going to give away the name of, uh, but a, a programmer for a chain of cinemas who has said that um, at the moment they're very strongly and will m- quite likely happen at some point in the near future where um, essentially starting Friday 
through to um, Monday night, uh, it will literally be certain types of movie. It will be blockbusters, the big releases, and then the 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 mid level stuff will get a short run where it'll play a Tuesday, Wednesday, and a Thursday, and then that's it. Okay, yeah, I could totally see that. Um, yeah, and and said that you, you might get the odd morning showing on a weekend, but essentially, it, instead of them risking and going having having a, for instance, we just shit our eyes, shit all over it earlier. Focus playing on a screen on a Saturday, and then having, let's say, it's released the same week as um, Avengers, right? It is. It probably isn't, but like, hypothetically, sure, let's say sure. it's released that what will happen is is if you want to go and see focus you go tuesday wednesday or thursday but what will happen there is it might play at fucking 11 o'clock on a what is it but from two o'clock on a weekend the screen that focus would usually be on will just have more of the avengers so they could cram more people yeah. and that's what happened no i certainly like the uh, rise of digital exhibition has made that um way more a, a, easy as a possibility well. yeah I, just, I mean like when Back in my cinema working days, when uh, we wanted to play one 35mm print uh, across multiple screens, it could be done. Uh, it, it was a process called interlocking. And yeah. uh, it's it literally, it's basically the, the kind of the, the amount of film that you use to actually thread through the projector and then back round to the, um, and then back round to the, uh, Jesus fucking Christ, the platter, um, would be extended and you'd have rollers going along like the side or even like uh part like in the middle of the corridor uh of 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 the of the projection suite and you'd have the film literally running out through these rollers over to another projector or even another projector after that or another projector after that um and, and and then kind of a background so literally the same print would play and would just roll along the corridor and That's insane. it was fucked it was like some because sometimes like obviously if you had one, uh, one projector one side of the uh, corridor one projector the other you'd have to like literally like put it going across so you had to make sure when you were walking along you didn't hit it because if you hit it <laughs> it would probably come off a roller and if it came off one roller you fucked two screens you, 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 yeah exactly you've not just fucked one screen you fucked multiple screens and That's... It, it, it could be a ball ache to um, sort that out. So we didn't do that that often. Uh, like for for a lot of the bigger films, like um, I remember we did a, a, a four screen interlock of Quantum of Solace, uh, which was not fun. Um, and you know it was it was for things as well like when um, View. I don't know whether they still do them, but they used to have over 18s only screenings where they'd uh, they they charge a quid more. Uh, yeah. to, to like basically have a guarantee that you wouldn't be interrupted, which is just the worst. It's just yeah, it is. you know it, like that, which is I mean, it is disgusting. But to be fair, in all fairness, they made more money than this 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 cost them. But they did have a member of staff sat in the screen, and if any mobile phones went off or anything like that, they would immediately go over to the person and tell them to put it away. Or like that, that should just be every fucking yeah, screen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that that isn't as bad as the mother and baby screenings of um, Fifty Shades of Grey that a certain cinema chair is running. Are you fucking serious? 
Seriously, I saw a poster for a mother and baby screen of Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, Picture House. Oh, okay, right. Wow. Yes. Uh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, it just, um, so, anyway, so, with interlocking, you know, it, it was a, it was a bit of a ball ache, but now with digital, you ingest it into a server, you upload it to the, each projector's hard drive, and you're done. So, mm. you can, I mean, like, you can cancel showings pretty much on a whim. You know, I mean, like, you'd have to make sure that it wasn't one that had been... Because we, we used to do that. We'd do impromptu interlocks. And, uh, you know, you, you, you basically they'd have to work out which screen to cancel. And, you know, you'd have to move prints all over the place because it might be that, the, like, the, the one that the interlock could actually get to uh, was running a film that had just come out this weekend and you couldn't cancel that screening. You might be able to move the screen, uh, the actual screen it's playing in, but you wouldn't be able to cancel that screening. And, you know, and it, you, you know but whereas now it's just like they can just make this decision like get permission from the, uh, the, the the area manager to do it because they're the ones who have to explain to the the, the company that the, the, for the film that's being cancelled, your film's not selling any fucking tickets. This one's selling a shitload. Sorry guys, you tried it. Done. You know, and that mm. that kind of thing's just going to happen more often and more often now. You know, I mean, like pretty much the only way you can guarantee that not happening. I, I remember in. Um, view i think it was if four or more tickets had sold um for a screening then they wouldn't cancel it but if it was like one two or three they would literally yeah. say we've cancelled this screening here's a refund yeah which which it, when i went into um Jupiter Ascending, there was nobody else in until the final fucking trailer and at that point i thought I could quite conceivably be the only person in here. Um, and then I said another four people come in. But I was chatting to one of the, the girls that works there um, at, when I came out of the screening and sort of said, you know, it was so it, was, it was busy when I got here. Um, but there was only like five people in my screening. She said, yeah, um, we uh, sold out on... Um, we had to turn two people away from uh, Shaun the Sheep. Yeah, there you go. Sean the Sheep, the movie. They've turned two people away. It was two fully grown women. Wow. Who couldn't... They'd come... They'd come... Three of them had come with six kids. It's like, two of you can't get in because we don't have any seats left. So it wasn't like they were actually chomping at the bit to watch the movie. They just... One of them went in with the six kids and they went for a coffee or whatever. So, So, you know... It is that. I mean, I've had that before where I've gone to a screening or something uh, and been told it's fucking sold out and been like, oh, right. I didn't think this would sell out. <laughs> it's, it's a weird feeling. Yeah, I just, it's, um, I, I, yeah, so I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a different world now because, I mean, like, you can just, you can make these decisions very, very snap, just on the fly, and you know, as long as you tell the staff and whatnot, then it's, you know, it's all good, but, so, it is just going to be filled, I mean, like, Christ, when Avengers 2 comes out, mm. how many screens is that thing going to be on in your average multiplex? Say your average multiplex is 12 screens, eight uh, of them are going to be Avengers. I would say, you'd have, I'd say, like, five, six Avengers, it's when Star Wars comes out. It, it, the thing is, it depends. We're going minutiae here, but it depends on the runtime as well. 
Um, because, mm. you know, for the busiest ones, it oh, would be yeah. showing, like, every half hour. So say Avengers, along with ads and trailers, is three hours long. Yeah, I'd say you would look at realistically that, yeah. Like, I'd say you'd be needing one to start at, so one to start at midday, one to start at 12.30, one to start at one, one to start at two, uh, half one, one to start at two, one to start at half two. Then the three o'clock would not be the script, the one that the 12 o'clock was in, because that one would just be finishing and they'd need to clean up. So you'd also yeah. have to have a seventh screen for the three o'clock, and then the half three you could go back to the one that the 12 o'clock was in. Yeah. So there you go, seven screens for Avengers for you know every half hour, and and that's assuming I mean like uh, like Friday Saturday night, the seven o'clock show in the half seven show in the eight o'clock show in the half eight show in and probably in the nine o'clock show in are probably going to be sellouts. So you'll yeah. need another screen for those. Yeah, so you see, you, you, you could, there's, there's an argument to suggest. have an entire multiplex playing nothing but Avengers. Easily. Yeah. It would, it genuinely wouldn't surprise me if either Avengers or Star Wars, for at least a Friday or a Saturday night, on its first week released, that is the only thing that's playing at that time. I'm going to have a look at what's out on or around Star Wars. I don't think there's anything released that week. I don't think anyone's going up against it. Yeah, especially the possible five just moved, didn't it? That went forward. Um, yeah. Which is brave. Um, right. It'd be a sh- the only way you could do it is if you do if is if you released something else that was completely counter counter that counter Star Wars um, because you might pick up a little bit of the slack. But then again, there's people. For instance, I'll be seeing Star Wars probably because we'll be covering it. I won't be chopping the bit to see it, but, you know, Becky wants to see it, so I'll, I'll have to go and see it with Becky and Isabel. But the thing is there, I wouldn't go to the cinema if I wasn't going to see that because I wouldn't want to be stuck in a cinema with ten screens worth of Star Wars people. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I see that. Right, Friday the 20th of November, Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2. So that's like four weeks beforehand, so that's going to be pretty much getting done. Friday the 27th of November, The Good Dinosaur, Pixar film, and The Martian, the new Ridley Scott one. Uh, two weeks after that, you've got the Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt Christmas film, uh, which doesn't have a title yet. So The Good Dinosaur is going to need some uh, play time, but by then, maybe not in the evening. That'll be three weeks later. Yeah, P- Pixar and stuff like that, and very much like that. There are there are three week kind of runs, it's, aren't they? Let's be honest. The they get in their mid money. Pixar, it's you know Disney. Star Wars is Disney. So if Star Wars, yeah. I mean, if Disney have like basically to say, do you want us to put on an evening show of the Good Dinosaur or another show of Star Wars? They're going to say Star Wars. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. The Martian depends entirely on how well that film plays. You know, if that film opens up to great reviews and like awards buzz and stuff like that, you know, that film could conceivably play that weekend. Otherwise, probably not. Mm. So. That's it. And, and, and as well, you, you, you'll know it from cinemas. Occasionally you get distributors will literally say to cinemas, right, you can have this, but you have to play it on these screens at these intervals and everything oh, like sorry. that. You get that. Uh, and so that that can mean they have to go. Do you know what? We we can't show the, this other film. Or I I know from from talking again the same programmer, they had a, an instance where they were supposed to be showing a film, were then told 
you can actually like film if you're showing this. Yeah. And so they had to pull it, and it was half sold. They'd taken pre-orders for it. And they had to literally just cancel it. Yeah, I um, I remember uh, just a few months. Uh, well, no, this time last year, actually, probably uh, Stranger in the Lake um, got pulled by its distributor. Uh, no, pulled by Cineworld the week it was due to come out. Like literally on the Tuesday, um, Cineworld suddenly decided not to show it, and, uh, and 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 then like there was uproar about that. And then they relented. And, you know, the, the, the distributor, I think it was uh, Piccadillo Pictures, were basically saying, look, you know, we've already ordered the hard drives. You know, we, we, mm. we, were, ba- we were banking on this. What the shit? You know, and then but, and Cineworld were basically saying business reasons. You know, uh, yeah. we, you know, it, there's probably, there was probably something hot out around then. They were thinking we could actually do with an extra show of this. Let's pull the weird art house gay film and, and, and have an extra show of this. And like, they, you know. They, was it some extra shows of, uh, 12 Years a Slave though? It might have been actually. I think it was some extra 12 Years a Slave because that film, you know, it didn't come out of nowhere, but the, the box office takings of it, Escalated yeah, quickly. Yeah, I might be right actually. So, yeah, I mean, so th- 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 there you go. And I mean, I think Cineworld relented and let them have like maybe three or four showings in that week, as opposed mm. to a show every day. Um, yeah. So, but it's, you know, th- this is the thing. These kinds of things can be um, it can be done now. You know, and uh, I mean, and, and I just and then again, with Stranger by the Lake. Did that film actually? Uh, did that film actually have to come out in the cinema? That's the thing. Like the cinema is, it's basically just a. It, it gives. It seems to give films more of a, a of a selling point. The fact that they were in the cinema, and if 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 a film plays in one screen in London, it gets national press coverage. You know why? Because yeah. all the, na- the nation's film press is basically in London. You know. Um, uh, you know, so there is that kind of thing, but uh, you know, with the Oscars, you know, to qualify for a, uh, for an Oscar, uh, to be considered for an Oscar, you have to play in New York and LA before um, New Year, I think, or something like that, in the cinema. Whereas in the future, five years time, is that rule still going to exist? When you've got a lot of distributors like signing deals with like uh, Netflix and Amazon and things like that, is that still going to exist? I fucking doubt it. I mean, it, it, but what you'll get is you'll get you'll get essentially just like pop up mini runs, won't you? Where it'll run for a week and a half, two weeks. Or it, like, it will be for a day in independent cinemas, so that it can then come out on VOD the next week, which is already yeah, happening. That, well, look at what happened um, with uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine was scheduled to come out. Um, on the on uh, Boxing Day mm-hmm. uh, on VOD originally was the idea it'd come out on Boxing Day on VOD. Then they released the the trailer and it got a lot of buzz about it. And so they went, "Fuck it, do you know what? Let's pull it. Let's not release it then. Let's pull it. Let's release it just after award season and let's let's cinema release it. You know, let fuck it. Let, let's let's go for that because at the end of the day." We, we pop it out there, put it out in the cinemas. If it don't fucking work, it don't make money. We drop it on VOD a week later. Yeah. And 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 that that is the idea they're going for with Hot Time Machine Two is fuck it. 
we didn't expect two and a bit million people to watch the fucking trailer for this movie and leave comments saying, can't wait for this, that quickly. So maybe there is a bit of a fucking call for it. You know, and, you know, that that might happen. You, you will start to get things where literally it goes, bang, cinema, two weeks later, month later, bang, VOD. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just... It's a different world now, and to be honest, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I, I, I am. There's still going back full circle back through the point is it would still irk me, or I would still lament the days of, of where original, fully fucking originally formed ideas, um, big ideas, are released uh, in cinemas because of a perceived. Sometimes not even it didn't make money. I perceived it didn't make money. There are still people out there who, who think that Pacific Rim bombed. It fucking didn't. <laughs> it made a shit ton of money. Depends where you live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just be, there, there are places outside of America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tangent. <laughs> yeah, like shit. I think I'm gonna have to go now. Basically, like, yeah, I, I, I think that'll be the the next. This first part, we we thought we might get like to just before fucking Fitzcarraldo. <laughs> we, we hadn't even got halfway through the show. Did not happen. <laughs> cool. Definitely, I'm so touching cloth anyway. Uh, well, on um, Jupiter yeah, ascending, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Where we fuck? That seems, seems seems like weeks ago. Uh, I'm afraid it 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 it's it shit, but I hope other people enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we're going to come back and, uh, well, we're going to do some promos, then we're going to come back and get somewhat old one you, and uh, it will be about four days later after, so uh, there you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. In a world without adventures and VHS, the book. <laughs> comes a world with adventures and VHS, the book. Every journey begins in the mind. We're in trouble, Gary. This is highly illegal. In 2013, Noel Miller embarked on a series of VHS adventures that shook the world of podcasting to its very core. He's the kid everyone used to pick up. Now, through the power of the written word, he's back and ready to take those adventures to a whole new level. Described by its overzealous publisher as high fidelity for the video rental generation. And described by Mondo Movie Podcast Dan Audi as bringing the half-forgotten days of 80s video rental stores vividly back to life. It's working by itself. It's working by itself. Adventures on VHS is an immersive trip to a long-forgotten era through some of the films that defined it. An experience to terrify the Available to buy now from AdventuresOnVHS.com with a whole host the fabulous full-color edition showcasing the glorious cover art of the VHS era. The story of one man's disturbing romance with an obsolete format and the weird and wonderful films that shaped his love of movies. And if this person is listening to my voice, I urge him in the name of law and order to desist from this one-man crusade. Adventures of VHS, the book. Buy it today. I'm going to kiss you. Your very life may just depend on it. Cynthia.
Cynthia. So glad you're home. I have some very exciting news. Well, I have some news for you too, Jonathan. Me first. I've just discovered a great podcast called Mail Order Zombie, and it's hosted by a married couple just like us. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, I had a meeting with the lawyer today, and... It's mainly about direct-to-DVD zombie movies, but the show covers a whole range of zombie culture. Games, books, plays, comics, you name it. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, I've been spending a lot of time with my massage therapist, Rodrigo. Is he into post-apocalyptic novels, films, and TV shows? Because if he is, you should let him know that those things are all covered on Mail Order Zombie 2. I have taken the liberty of putting your belongings in these garbage bags over here. Hope you remember to pack my MP3 player, because I'd sure hate to miss the next episode of Mail Order Zombie. You can find it online at MailOrderZombie.com, or just look for Mail Order Zombie in the iTunes store, and it's all free. Yes, free, like I hope to be very soon. So what is it you wanted to say to me, Cynthia? You're an idiot. Oh, I love you too. Okay, and we are back. It's uh, four days later, I believe. Is it? Did yeah. we record on Sunday? We did record on Sunday, yes. Yeah. Okay, and uh, so, wow, there we go. And uh, before we get into One Old, One New, um, a, a few trailers have actually kind of come out in the uh, last few days. And considering, I'm, I'm assuming next week we're probably not going to be doing trailers, uh, we may as well uh, talk about some now. So, um, go on, Mark, what have you seen? Uh, the um, trailer for uh, Aloha, uh, the new Cameron Crowe film uh, that's coming up. Uh, starring Bradley Cooper, Emma Stone, Rachel McAdams, uh, Alec Baldwin, the whole host, I'm guessing, of, of regular kind of crowers. Uh, I, I'm a huge Cameron Crowe fan. I, I, I lap that shit up. Um, it is kind of, it is certain brand of kind of whimsical niceness uh, really appeals to me. Um, essentially, he makes the same film over and over again. Uh, but I'm always quite happy to spend time with these characters. This looks, it, it looks like that brand of niceness that Cameron Crowe brings to films. Mm-hmm. Um, I will talk about Trainwreck. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, that was another one I, I, I saw. I laughed once, to be honest, uh, in it, uh, and it was a John Cena joke, and that was it. Yeah, that fucking film looks shit, insufferable. Yeah, it does. Um, it, it just, it, I, 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 unless they pull some surprising shit in it, it just looks like it's going to be... The first act is going to be her sleeping with a load of guys and fobbing them off... And, oh, isn't she hilarious? Then the second act is going to be her and Bill Hader falling for each other. And then the third act is going to be something happens which causes a schism. And then at the end, they either get back together or they don't, but they probably will. Yeah. It just, I, it's amazing that Judd Apatow is directing this. But that Amy Schumer, I mean, I've seen some of her stuff on Comedy Central and it's made me laugh, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of hers, to be honest. Uh, I, I've seen her, I've seen bits of her, and she's a little bit too nasty, mean, um, rather than there, there, fully there is mean. that edge to her, I think. Yes, she, or at least to her comedy. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like I kind of feel like going. Hang on a minute, what what makes you so fucking great? it's a little bit like that she seems to be which was kind of falling perfectly with the whole appetite thing of slightly high opinion of herself yeah Uh, and it kind of makes me want to go alright so you've made a career out of being a little bit cocky and a little bit look at me I'm I'm, I'm, look I'm I'm fucking I'm great which kind of makes me hope that this and because she's I think she's right isn't she 
Yeah. And appetizer it's it and she's she's right for herself. Um it kinda makes me go, I kinda like you to fall flat on your fucking ass on this one. It didn't she yeah, do some of the I, uh, uh, the uh what is it, roasts? Comedy roasts? Yeah. I'm Maybe. sure she, she did know. the she did one of them where she made she made a way too fucking soon joke uh to I think it was Steve O about uh, Ryan Dunn. Oh really? And it was like literally it recorded like a week after he died, and it wasn't one or two. I think it was three. Or, if she's the same one, I'm thinking about, it was three or four in a row, and you could Steve see Steve O kind of going, "Hmm, this is this is a little bit too fucking soon." That's my friend that's just died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. Looking forward to this. So I kind of wasn't anyway, because mm. it's going to be interesting to see Chad Apatow direct somebody else's material. There is that. Yeah. Um, but then again, do we ever go to Judd Apatow films for his directing? No, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a little bit like the Kevin Smith thing. You know, it, it, Kevin Smith. I think Kevin Smith is, well, had the potential to be a better director than he thinks he is, but you go to it for, or you went to it, for the writing. And it's the same with, with Judd Apatow. You know, his, his writing is, is so much stronger than his directing, and it's, uh-huh. it's essentially him directing a, a bit of a vanity project for somebody else. Yeah, 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 that's a good way of putting it, which is, uh, which is a weird happens. Stance indeed, and, and also LeBron James apparently is in it a lot. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Like to the point of where uh, I think I saw a post for it the other day, and he was he was billed. Fair enough. Mm. I, I, it, I don't know. It it's going to be interesting because I mean, like there there are not enough like quality frankly aimed at women comedies out there and it mm. I, 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 I don't know I mean is this is this a film that it is is really going to speak to that audience so, I mean maybe it will I don't know but I mean it's it just maybe it's just not a film for me that's the thing and if, I, mean, I mean but then again you know a f- film that's not for me like I, I fuck I don't know um, 27 dresses can still be shit even yeah. if it's not for me, you know. So it just, I, I, I have very little faith in this anyway. Yeah. yeah so I think I've made clear. Yeah. Um, another one was the the uh, man from Uncle uh, trailer. Um, yes. I, I'll be honest. The trailer is just over two minutes long, and I struggled to get through the trailer. Oh really? Yeah. I really, oh, okay. I, 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 I really, really. I mean, it's a fucking trailer. It, it I, you know, I'm. I'll be honest, I'm not that interested in the film, but the cast makes me go, mm, do you know what, maybe, but the trailer had me going, you're not fucking selling this to me, you're just not, it, 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 yeah. it, it, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff over and over again, and this is two fucking minutes of the film. Yeah, it I don't know. didn't do it for me. Well, fair enough, I, 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 I quite enjoyed the trailer actually I thought it had a good sense of style about it it looks um, it looks like yeah I mean it's going to have its tongue in cheek and it's going to be fairly laid back but I I, I, I 
don't know. I'm intrigued to see what kind of chemistry Henry Cavill and Army Hammer have together. And I like I like the kind of the car stuff in in the trailer. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be incredibly throwaway, but um, I don't think there's any harm in that. I, I, I'm looking forward to it actually. And I, I like I like Guy Ritchie's stuff as well. So you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I've the last Guy Ritchie movie I watched was Revolver. Okay. I haven't seen the what is it ones the um, Sherlock Holmes Sherlock Holmes ones. Uh, I, I I have I, for some reason I, I just have no interest in them. I tried watching the first Sherlock Holmes film. I got twenty minutes into it and just went. I don't think this is for me and turned it off. Uh, and I I didn't bother with Rock and Roller. Hmm. Uh, uh, well, fair enough. I mean, I I um I like the Sherlock Holmes films. They're, again, they they are pretty throwaway and. You know, kind of unfortunate timing as well because nobody really talks about them and, and yet the, the BBC one is kind of all over the place. And I, I don't know, to be honest, if you asked me whether I wanted to watch uh, a, a, an episode of Sherlock or one of the Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr. films, I'd probably go for the Downey Jr. film. Uh, at least at least um, a lot of Sherlock episodes. Maybe not like, there are certain ones, but certainly anything from season three, the last season, um, that versus either of the Downey Jr. films, I'd, I'd snap your hand off at the Downey Jr. films. They did, so. they did quite well. I mean, well, they did, well, the first one did really well, didn't it? The first. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they both did well. They both did uh, very well. Yeah, um, they, they, they pulled in combined with with budget of just over two hundred million combined. They pulled in over a billion. That's fucking. That's serious fucking money. And like you say, nobody ever seems to talk about them at all. It's weird that. No, no. I mean, it just, it, I, like I say, I think it's just because the, um, uh, the, the Stephen Moffat ones have just completely kind of taken the, the zeitgeist space. Mm. I, 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 may, I may revisit those. I may have just been in a funny frame of mind. I may revisit those. Nice. Good man. Um, and yeah, actually, that's all I had. So, yeah, that's uh, all I, I, I haven't watched the, the Hitman Agent 47 uh, trailer. Uh, mainly because I, I just don't care. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, other okay. than that, there's not been anything else. But yeah, there was, there was those few released. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay, cool. So uh, that's good. And we are going to move into some one old, one new. And Mark, do you want to start us off? Uh, I am, I'm going to cheat slightly and go for uh, one new and one new because I realise I haven't watched anything interesting <laughs> one old. I've actually watched one old film uh, since last time we recorded uh, and it was She's All That uh, and there's not really a lot you can say about She's All That other than the fact that sure. it happens while you're watching it and then you instantly forget it once you've stopped watching it. Uh, the only interesting thing about She's All That is it's the first film me and uh, Becky went to see on our first ever proper date. Uh, and originally we went to see uh, The Matrix, but that was sold out, so we saw Shoes All That instead. Um, nice. So the first one I'm going to talk about uh, is... I actually only watched it last night. Um, it's the Canadian thriller, uh, 88, starring uh, Catherine Isabel, uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Kyle Schmid, um, directed by April Mullen, who is also in it, and written by... Uh, Tim uh, Doyron, uh, who is also in it as well. Um, it is. It's. It's, just, it's a funny one actually. It's set across sort of um, two timelines. Uh, the film starts with uh, Catherine Isabel. She's in a uh, diner, uh, and it starts off with her being given a plate of food, uh, and then she kind of 
almost like has a moment where she she looks round and she's confused as to how she's got there and doesn't really know how she's got there. And then as she's leaving, she ends up dropping a bag and she finds that there's a gun in her bag. And then stuff happens that she ends up accidentally shooting a waitress before she leaves. And then we get flipped round to a, another timeline where Catherine Isabel is running down the uh, down a uh, a highway falls over, is knocked out, is woken up by a guy who is seeing if she's alright, she then attacks the guy, steals his car, and we're introduced to original Catherine Isabel that we saw is called Gwen, uh, and seems quite normal and a little bit confused as everything, and then batshit crazy Catherine Isabel uh, is, uh, gives herself the name Flamingo, and she's this badass who essentially is trying to kill Christopher Lloyd's character, uh, who's called Cyrus, uh, because she, uh, because he's killed her boyfriend. And it's this kind of split personality, uh, story where we get, we get two timelines. One is going along further in the story and the other one is catching up to where we joined the story. And they both keep on flashing back to each other as we start to have the story unfold as to what's actually going on. Um, the film's called 88 uh, don't really know why it's called 88 but stuff like there's number plates on cars are all 88 every hotel room she checks into is number 88 the film is 88 minutes long uh, and all kinds of stuff like that um, but it's it's a, quite a, a strange way it's done. For instance, there's a scene very early on in the movie where Catherine Isabel's character, when she is the flamingo character, after she's stolen this car off this guy, um, stops at a, a gas station, uh, walks into the gas station, um, sort of leans up against uh, one of the uh, racks, and then just takes a piss. And then gets out a bag of chips and just pours them in her own piss. I've never heard of this film before. Are you sure you didn't hallucinate it? it it's highly plausible. Uh, then walks round, gets out a carton of milk. Milk is a very big thing in this film, right? And then proceeds to drink a little bit of the milk, pour a little bit over herself, and then pour the rest of it out on the floor. Um, which it seems to happen a lot. Catherine Isabel's characters in this go to drink cartons of milk a lot and then never actually drink them, just pour them out on the floor. Happens a lot. It is a really, really strange film um, that is not very good, but kind of worth watching uh, for the fact that it is under 90 minutes long and there's a lot of really weird stuff going on here. <laughs> mm. it, it, it looks it looks really good in terms of the cinematography is is almost really really fucking good in the fact that you look at it going that looks great if they'd have just done this or if they'd have just done this for instance there's a shot where just after she's beaten up the guy to steal his car where she kind of, she stops and she steals a thing of cigarettes and you've got a wide angle shot where you've got, uh, Catherine Isabel is in this red dress and the car is the same red as the, um, the dress that she's wearing. And the guy who's laid out on the floor that she's just knocked out, uh, is wearing 
like a leather jacket and a white shirt and the leather jacket and the white shirt are the same as the trim on the car so it's all got this great symmetry apart from we're not quite far enough out so you can't see all of the car just the end of it's cut off and it's kind of, you kind of look at it going do you know what that would be a fucking great shot if we could just see all of the car and there's a lot of shots like that where it's almost got this perfect symmetry, but it just quite doesn't. But there's enough interesting shit going on that if, it, if this was 110 minutes long, I'd be saying, don't fucking waste your time. Uh, unless you like seeing Catherine Isabel ride around in her underwear for quite a lot of the film, then don't waste your time. I, I, I do, frankly. Uh, so I'd have watched it if it was 110 minutes long. Uh, but it's under 90 minutes long, what where it goes is obvious as fuck, but there's enough interesting elements to make it worth ninety minutes without question. Hmm. It, it I'm is, not too sure. <laughs> it is without a it is without a doubt. It is a couple of beers on a weeknight movie. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, okay. it's there's. there's there's enough there to make it interesting, uh, but not quite enough there to make it great. It's not destined to be a cult classic, I'll say that. Right, fair enough. I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not particularly sold, if I'm honest. You know? <laughs> uh, but fair enough. Um, okay. I don't know. I'm not going to say, look, oh, it, it, it's great, and you know, it, it's going to be one of those films where it'll appeal to a certain audience, because I don't think it will. This film won't find its audience, because its audience is people like me, <laughs> who were happy to yeah. just watch Catherine Isabel ride around for 88 minutes in, in not a lot of clothes. Fair enough. Go yeah, on then, what's your one old or one new? Massive perv. Massive, I, I, massive. I will fucking fully accept that. <laughs> uh, OK, so... Um, yeah, I'll start with my one old. Uh, we have a theme this week for my one old and one new. Um, really watched Kevin Smith's Clerks. Oh. Um, for the first time in a while. Now, do you know where my one new is going? No. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I watched Clerks. Uh, it's on Netflix in the UK at the moment. Um, and I, used, I mean, I, like, like a lot of people, I think, I used to watch the shit out of this film when I was about, 13, 14, 15, this film was my jam. Yeah. You know, I, I, I could probably quote bits verbatim at the time. Um, but over the last decade or so, I That's think I've watched really it twice. That's really strange you just said the word verbatim. What do you mean? Uh, you said the word verbatim, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I literally just turned around as you said that, um, and I'm, I'm holding like a USB pen drive, and I turned it over and noticed that it had a writing on it. Uh, along the USB and the word is verbatim and I was literally reading that at the same time as you said verbatim <laughs> it's really weird well, I, I, can, I, I can see you so oh that's fair enough that's fair enough you, you'll notice that I, I jack off while we're um, recording the podcast then yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Fair enough. And you always know. No, you mute the you you mute the mic just uh, just before climax. Yes, and, uh, I do because that's no, why you cut out every now and then. No one needs to hear that. Uh, that's why your laptop's been having problems. <laughs> yeah, just cutting all over all of the fucking <laughs> circuitry. Um, so Jesus Christ. Um, so um, clerks, and uh, yeah, so. I, <laughs> 
um, I've watched it, uh, yeah, I think I've watched it like twice in the last decade. And um, I mean, the thing is, looking back on it now, you know, you can see why the film stood out, really, because for, for all the kind of the geek references that are in there, I mean, like, and you know, I mean, the the world, the mainstream world or the pop culture world has become much more friendly to geeks over the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Um, and I think in the mid-90s, Star Wars references, Jaws references, Indiana Jones references, like, that kind of stuff was picked up by a particular niche audience, whereas now you've got the Big Bang Theory, which is, you know, the biggest sitcom in the US, and it re revolves around references to geek properties. Yeah. So I think if you were going into Clerks, it's like, if it was made today, I kind of think it might get lost in the background a bit. Yeah, I can absolutely um, see that, yeah. Yeah, um, but what I will say is, as bad as Brian O'Halloran is as Dante, and he, he is the worst, um, <laughs> Jeff Anderson as Randall, I, I think he holds up. Oh, he's yeah. got he's got that 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 thing of you can see you, everybody had that kind of friend who your, your friends other friends or your, your girlfriends or whatever didn't really like that friend but you liked him because he was your boy yeah you know and, and that is what Randall is and, 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 and if you, and, if you, you didn't know, have that friend by the way you were that friend. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. It's, exactly. The, it's the if you don't know the Dick Kennedy is in the room, it's you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, I, I, I certainly had that friend. I'm assuming you did as well. You know, no, so, I, 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 I was told by my friend that that friend was me. Oh really? By oh, pretty much was. all of them. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's <laughs> I, 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 I accepted it with fucking bells at the time. Yeah, I wouldn't say that, but you know, uh, but um, yeah, yeah. So, but the thing is. You know, for all for all the kind of the the, the, the kind of dicking about with Dante that he does, he's basically spending the film trying to prove a point to him that you know he moans about his life so much, and, and, and you know, and it's he's trying to show him that it, it, you, you you shouldn't even really be you just shut the fuck up, stop complaining. Your lot is your lot. You're doing nothing to actually uh, get yourself out of it. It just it is what it is. Just just go with it. And, but then there's a bit at the end where um, um, he's talking to Caitlin while watching the um, uh, the, the the hermaphroditic porn, and uh, he, he says, you know, if you hurt him again, I'll kill you. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 sincere. But ev pretty much every single thing that he does in the film is sincere. Um, it's just you know some of it is he's just being a dick. Like the the scene where they're driving to the funeral. And he's talking about his um, cousin who uh, broke his neck trying to suck his dick, you know. And he's trying to kind of like needle Dante into saying that he, uh, you know, that he's tried it. And then when he does, he kind of just switches around on him. I mean, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah, the great line. Have you try, you sick pervert. <laughs> it's a fucking yeah, wonderful. And then it just cuts. <laughs> yeah, it's. Br I mean, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. And then, I mean. You know, Jay and Silent Bob are in there, and they're in there just about enough. But as well as them, you've got uh, you've got like Will, uh, Willem, yeah. and uh, you know, and, and, and the other kind of characters who come into the store. You know, it, it's 
the, the, the films as they go forward, I mean, obviously they kind of start focusing on Jane Silent Bob more and more and more, but with Clerks you had them, but you, you had quite a, a range of supporting characters, even if they only turn up in a scene. I mean, you start with the, uh, the kind of the Chulies gun representative and, uh, I, the, I, I love that, that, that he kind of convinces the one guy to have a pack of gum and then Dante says to him, you know, if you're going to, stand there and drink your coffee, you did not bother the customers. He's like, yeah, all right, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. And then the, the other guy just walks in and he's like, what's that? This? And it just dumps it down on the bar, on the, the counter and then cuts again. Like, the, 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 the kind of the way that they end the scenes it, it is, is really well done as well. The editing's really, really sharp. Um, I mean, really, I think the, the only weak links for it, for me, really... Uh, I mean, it, obviously, it doesn't look great, uh, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, it doesn't really have to have any directorial flourishes because, you know, it's an indie film about people working in a convenience store. Um, but then, I mean, Brian O'Holloran, and I mean, to be fair, you know, I, I, I think, um, I think Veronica's actually pretty good, and you know, she's she's quite spunky and. Um, yeah, I, I, I think she actually tries to exhibit some chemistry uh, that, that Brian O'Holloran can't really do. But I, I don't think that the, the girl who plays Caitlin's pr- uh, particularly um, strong. But she's not in it all that much. I, it's just when it's scenes of her and Dante, it's basically two bad actors acting badly together. <laughs> and uh, I mean, at least with most of the other scenes, he's got somebody strong to play off, and that's usually Jeff Anderson. So um, yeah, Clerks. I mean, it just if you haven't seen it for a while. It's still good. Yeah, it's one that I didn't watch it for maybe, ooh, it must have been about 10 years I didn't watch it for. Uh, and then I watched it again about two, three years ago. And I must have watched it five or six times since, just for the fact that, I like you, I watched it a lot in the mid-90s. And I think I just overwatched it. Uh, and then Becky once said to me, oh, I've never, never seen Clerks a few years ago. And I was like, what? Right, watch it tonight. Um, so, did. Uh, and then I finished, she's like, I actually really quite enjoyed that. And she doesn't really like Kevin Smith films. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I forgot how wonderful that film was. Mm. No, absolutely. I mean, I think as well, the VHS, did Artificial Eye put it out back in the day? I with the reversible cover? I think they did indeed, yeah. I had a, yeah, I I just, had a, uh, a US import copy well. of it. Yeah, no, I bought a copy from Virgin Megastore when they, you know, when they were still about, um, for like a fiver. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a look on Google Images now. I mean, like, I'm looking at the artificial eye films that I've got, like Melancholia and, uh, The Great Beauty and Hidden, you mm. know, and then Clerks. Yeah. But Clerks, Clerks a- was, was, that type of film at the time. It yeah, was yeah. it was a complete because the word indie uh, comedy nowadays is you know this was a proper independent film. You know it was made oh, yeah. for oh, yeah. you know well, you know once they added in sort of like um, you know poster, but the, the film was actually made, finished, and ready to go for like twenty twenty seven twenty eight thousand dollars, which is insane for a film. Um, and this is a, a proper independent movie, not one like, you know, when stuff, for instance, 
you know, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a comedy off the top of my head that refer to as being independent. But you know what I mean? When when something that, that's cost $30 million is called independent, you're like, sure, fuck sure. off. You know, and, and that was the sort of thing that, that those companies put out. Uh, whereas, like you say now, this would have just got kind of lost in the, you know, in the haze nowadays. Yeah, I, it, it's um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it is a film, a very much. I mean, you'll never see the like of this again. As much as we were saying with Jupiter Ascending, that you'll never see the like of it again. We'll never see the like of Clerks again. An, an indie film made for that much that looks that bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just it won't it won't happen now. I mean, Christ, there was a film that um I think just played um played Sundance, I can't remember what it was called, it was shot on an iPhone 5. Yeah, and it'll look better than that. Yeah, like, and it'll like look a better, lot better than that. Yeah. You know, it, it just, it's, it's insane. It's insane. But, um, but yeah, Clerks, on Netflix UK, you know, I've given, you know, I trash talk Ken Smith a lot, and I might be again in a few minutes, but, you know, when he's on, he's on, and Clerks, he's on something hardcore. So feeling uh, yep. is there's a theme for yours? It, yeah, it it can't be the film I'm thinking it might be. You must have seen that already. No, probably not. Uh, well, it's probably not the film you're thinking of. No, I hope not. <laughs> no, uh, well, well, we'll see. I'd be intrigued to see if you thought if you think that the film I talk about is something that I would think is like essential viewing but we'll we'll see we'll see uh mark your other your your other one new my other one new uh i watched uh, and and it's actually this actually links into what you were saying a little bit because this is the type of film that clerks would get lost in the haze of uh like this film kind of you know it's got two not big stars one very much up and coming big star and a recognisable comedy face. Uh, I watched the uh, rom com. I'm trying to do a few rom coms this month. Uh, me and Bex decided to try and do it with it being February. Uh, we watched the film Two Night Stand, uh, starring uh, He's So Hot Right Now, Miles Teller, uh, and um, Anna Lee uh, Tipton uh, as well. Uh, premise of the story. Oh, I like her. She is she the one who was in Crazy Stupid she Love? She is the one who was in Crazy Stupid Love. Yes. Yeah, she's I, I mean, not in a oh she's hot kind of way. You know, I think she's kind she's good looking. Yeah. But I, I I I like her. I like her presence. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, in, in this, um, she plays a girl called Megan who is. Um, Essentially, she's got no job. Uh, she's been uh, dumped by her boyfriend um, because, uh, well, and, and who we find out quite early on that uh, she was dumped for another girl. Um, she did a. She's finished school, so she's not even got school or anything like that. She spends a day literally just sat on the sofa doing nothing. Um, her roommates are exasperated by the fact that she literally does nothing. Uh, we are introduced to the fact that she's also incredibly lazy. Not that she spends, you know, she just doesn't do out. She literally, when her roommate comes in from work, she's and her roommate says that she's going, she's getting changed, going straight out. Her response is, oh, so you're not making dinner then? And it's not in a, oh, so you're not making dinner. It's in a, I can't believe you're not even going to make dinner kind of way. Um, through a series of events, her friend says that she needs to, she just needs to get out of this funk. And the best thing she needs to do to get out of this funk is to get fucked. Not go on a date or anything like that. Just literally to join a dating website and meet up, 
not for drinks, anything like that, just sex. That's it. So she does that uh, and ends up hooking up with uh, Alec, uh, played by Miles Teller, um, and ends up going around his house. They have a one-night stand. Um, she wakes up the next morning. They have a little bit of a of an argument because um, she does the is the first time I've ever done this. He does the same of yeah, this is the first time I've ever done this. And he's like, but you know, come on, we we both know this is the first one night stand I've ever had. And she's like, well, no, I have. And he's like, really? And she takes deep offence to this and storms out uh, to find that she can't get out of the uh, the apartment building because they're snowed in. So she's got to come back into the apartment uh, and spend kind of uh, an amount of time there with him. And they end up kind of starting to get along and then not getting along and then come up with the idea that what they're going to do is they're going to give each of the pointers on what they could do better and what they you know what they did wrong what they did well and what they could do better so that the next person that they have a one night stand or relationship even with will benefit from from this uh and it's one of those you know you know what fucking happens but it's spending the majority of a film with, with just two characters. Um, you've got uh, Miles Teller's Alec, who he is... He's that kind of... You've got the Miles Teller from Whiplash and um, Spectacular Now. And then you've got the Miles Teller that does things like what would be Fantastic Four. And he's, isn't he in the Divergent films? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then you've also got the, the other kind of Miles Teller that, that, that does these type of, you know... I the closest you can get to is a very early kind of Vince Vaughn, likable, you know, handsome enough but not threatening kind of, you know, not too handsome, every man kind of um, handsome kind of guy thing. And the thing with the film is he's a really nice character to spend time with, and she comes across as being a bit of an uppity dick at points. But then, as the film goes on, she starts to win you round, and it starts to go. And it's, it's again, it's a short one, only eighty-six minutes, um, and there is easily enough there to make it a perfectly lovely, fun, you know, flowing, nice, funny, a little bit raunchy, but not not gross out or too raunchy uh, that, that makes you go, oh, really? You, you, you've shit the bed a little bit there. Film, it, I, I really, really quite enjoyed it. Looks nice, the writing's good, the performances are really good. The story goes exactly where you expect it to go, but not in ways that you would expect it to go. Um, I had a thoroughly good time with Two Nights Down. Fair enough. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm more sold. <laughs> than I was than I was on the last one. Yeah, 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 yes. If you are sat and you've got you go, I've got ninety minutes to watch a film. Two night stand or eighty eight. Two night stand, absolutely without question. Hmm. Okay. Um, nice. I uh, know. I'm up for that. I like I like both those actors. Yeah. And Miles Teller, less than an hour and a half long. Exactly, Miles Teller really is. I, I'm the more he does, the more I go. I really fucking like him. Oh. 
Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Like, I mean, Christ, he was in Project X. And yeah. I just wanted to burn everybody involved in that. And he was around. in 21 and over, which isn't as heinous as Project X, but is still not great. But then... Yeah, it... it he had that kind of, just like, a bit of a, kind of an ego twat. He had a bit of the Logan Lermans about him, but then Logan Lerman did the books of being a wallflower and kind of shut me up on that. And then Mark Marcello did the spectacular now and yeah. kind of shut me up on that from that end as well. So. I have to pause for two minutes while I just let Isabella in. And I'm back. Hello. Hello, sorry, I just had to let Isabella in. <sighs> Oh, sorry, I make noise. Um, okay, where were we? Uh, we're just saying, like, yeah, just what Miles telling you, you know, he's, you know, he's had a couple of spectacular hours, very good. I thought he was quite entertaining in Footloose, but that awkward moment wasn't terrible, and of course, Whiplash, he was fucking great in Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, okay, so, I'll move on to my one new. Also on Netflix UK. Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie. Uh, no, it's, luckily it's not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, what did you think I was going to say? I thought, she's going to say Clerks 2. <laughs> oh, no, no, I've seen Clerks 2. Um, fuck, I saw that in the cinema. The one time I saw Clerks 2 was in the cinema, yeah. I fucking um, love Clerks 2. I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna rewatch that soon. I think it's been a long time. I, um, I love that movie. It's, it, it's by no means perfect, but I still adore it. Oh, cool. Right, I, 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 I'm kind of intrigued. Um, yeah. So, Space Love Super Groovy cartoon movie. I, I, I basically, I just like after Clerks, I was just thinking I quite fancy a bit more of like Kevin Smith. So um, I saw this and I was like, oh shit, well I haven't watched this. And it's 64 minutes long. Um, it's written by Kevin Smith. Um, now, I mean, like, I made some comments on Twitter and someone tweeted back at me saying, well, you know, in, def- in his defence, it's not directed by him. And it's like, no, it's not. It is written by him, though. So I, I'm pretty sure I can still... Um, have a go at him for it. Um, <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob's Super Groovy cartoon movie is like, it it's essentially feels like what an 11 year old would have written after like having a, a lot of Coke and a uh, Coca Cola <laughs> and a bag of Skittles. Uh, I, I, I've not seen just, this yet. It is mind bendingly terrible. Um, Right, so, okay, the story is, um, Jay and Silent Bob become millionaires. They basically become a real life as such, blunt man and chronics, and they fight crime, and a team of, uh, supervillains team up to defeat them. Um, give you, give you an, an idea of the level of humour in this. Um, one of the supervillains is called Dickhead. <laughs> um... He is a, a, a he is a person with a massive thick shaped head, and his superpower is he can rub his head and ejaculate massive piles of cum at things. Wow! So there's that. <laughs> That's it, it, um. It's almost funny. The thing <laughs> is, it kind of feels like this was done because Jason Mewes needed 50 grand or someone was going to break his legs <laughs> um and he his vocal performance is really weird as well 
he's got this he must call the person he's talking to sir maybe <laughs> about 50 times in the space of 64 minutes he suddenly started calling people sir and it, it, it kind of feels like something that Jason Mewes just was doing on the day. <laughs> and they could have, and, and they were like, right, we can either spend an hour trying to get him to stop it or we can just go with it. So even though he's never done that before and it makes no sense for the character, he's just going to keep on doing that. Um, so you get 64 minutes of dick jokes, boob jokes, um, really, really, really shit animation. Um, it looks like shockwave flash animation from like 10, 15 years ago. Which is when, um, which is when the actual film might have had some kind of relevance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is, it is bizarre. I do not, and, and every now and then, like the real Kevin Smith comes on screen. Like, um, somebody, uh, Jay makes a joke about women being useless at something, and then Kevin Smith comes on screen, and he's just like, I just want to let you know, this is just the character. It's not me. I love women. I love women. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just, it's, just shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. You, you just, I, I, just, with Kevin Smith, just decide what you want to do now. Do you want to just make a, a make a substantial living podcasting and get out of the movie game, which you said you wanted to do three, four years ago? Or do you want to do Clerks Free and do this and do Tusk and do Yoga Hoses and do all this stuff? Just make your mind up. I kind of... I, I'd like him to kind of either do Clerks Free and go, I'm done now. I'm done. That's it. Or decide, you know, or go back to the, back to what he's good at. It's just, yeah, the, the thing at. is, between this and between Tusk, two completely different films, but fair play, I mean, they do have Kevin Smith-isms running through them, but it just, it feels like his time is gone. It feels like pop culture has moved on. And he, I, I don't know, he just... I mean, obviously, it's it's made for a niche audience. This it is, you know. But I I enjoy Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. You know, I I I, I enjoy the Clerks films. I enjoy Jay and Silent Bob as characters. But this, it's just the most infantile, retarded. I mean, like really, I'm I'm assuming he thinks the audience for this are slobbering idiots, and they'll just eat anything that he puts out up uh, puts out up. And it just, it, it boggles my mind that his quality control level says, yes, this is good enough for me to be prominently featured in it. This is the stuff that my fans want. It is absolute bollock yogurt of the sourest left out in the sun for days and then a dog licks it up kind. Did you ever see the uh, Haunted World of Our Super Beaster? No. The uh, animated uh, Rob Zombie film. Rob Zombie yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was one of those where that's made for a very certain audience. I mean, it is. The Hot Wheels Super Beast it, it is incredibly crass. Um, to an extent, it, it is one of the most 18 movies I've ever seen uh, in terms of the actual the crassness of the language. And. I mean, it, it's it's only like seventy odd minutes long, so it kind of it, it it flies by, and you know, 
it's entertaining enough, but it's the sort of thing where I've seen it, it was alright, um, and then I, I, I never have to watch it again. I get the feeling yeah. that, um, that, that Jay and Silent Bob's groovy cartoon movie wouldn't have that with me. <laughs> no, it just, I, I, I just, I, I don't know what he's trying to, to achieve apart from make money quickly. I think that, that's it. I think that is it. Yeah. But, uh, absolute bollocks. So, there you go. Um, right. So that's that. And we shall move on. Um, and we're gonna go into the next part of our, uh, Ian and Mark drag, Werner Herzog Upper Mountain Marathon. Um, I'm, we're actually running extremely behind on, um, on time. So, shit. Uh, at least for me. Um, so, uh, here's Fitzcarraldo trailer and we'll get into it. There is no trailer for Fitzcarraldo that's not in German or has just like music playing. So instead, I present a minute long YouTube clip of animals screaming. Enjoy! I think it's got the reds. Crowdo is written and directed by um, Don Herzog and stars uh, Klaus Kinski, uh, Claudia Cardinale and other people. Um, the story uh, is of uh, Fitzcarraldo, uh, played by um, Klaus Kinski, a man who wants to bring opera to the jungle. And um, he strikes a deal with a, uh, a local businessman that if he can help him exploit uh, a kind of a a region close by that is uh, a kind of inaccessible to to him or something. I'm not too sure what that is actually going on there. It's it, um, it, it essentially yeah. It, essentially, it's, it's that he, he thinks Fitzcarraldo that thinks he's worked out a way to get to that region, uh, and it's it's that they can't get to the rubber trees and then get them back he thinks he's worked out a way to get to that region without having to go over these certain rapids yes so yeah. that's essentially um, it, yeah 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 um so uh, yeah and he wants to bring opera to the uh to, to the jungle and this is how he's gonna do it um so it was the first time watched for me not for you yeah uh what do you think bud it's Fitzcarraldo's one of those movies where, for a, for a Herzog movie, it's really long. I mean, it's two and a half hours long, um, and part of that is, I think, based on the sheer kind of scale of of, of this movie, um, in the fact that it's one of those films where it's become as infamous for for what is going on 
uh, and what went into making it as it is for the actual the actual events. I mean, the story is actually really quite quite easy essentially we've, we've just explained it there and that is literally all that that kind of really happens uh there um it is a fascinating film to watch uh it's funny in places um it, it also always has that kind of um that herzogian feel to it he definitely has a, a style and a feel to his movies uh, you can you know you can always feel the fact that that Everybody just despised Kinski, <laughs> and yeah, he sure. just doesn't give. I don't even think he notices uh, that people actively fucking hate him. Um, and he is one of those strange characters, Klaus Kinski. He, he essentially, when it all boils down with Klaus Kinski, he's an appalling person um, who happens to be in, you know, happens to be because of an association with Herzog, happens to be in some very, very good films with him, and that's how he's he's remembered. You know, there are very few people outside of Werner Herzog uh, who have uh, that much positive to say about Klaus Kinski, especially his kids. Um, and, and even Herzog doesn't have that much positive to say about him. Uh, but it, it's fascinating to see just the almost the mania of the character that it becomes this idea that he's decided that they can do this and that he wants to do this, therefore they will do this is almost what um, what what Herzog did it, it, it's almost a reflection of uh, art becoming reality and that is some of the interestingness of it yeah uh, yeah, no absolutely I mean, it, it's 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 an incredible film. Mm. Um, I, I mean, absolutely b- 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 staggering. And, and like we've said all along as well with this, really, really entertaining. Yes, that, that is it. it. It is properly entertaining. Yeah, I, it, it, the, the, I, I, I mean, I was surprised as well because going into it, I'd always, I don't know why, but I'd always thought it was Klaus Kinski's a tyrannical guy who tries to push a boat up a mountain and it all goes tits up for him. And that, I mean, it's not really that at all. Yeah. I, I mean, like, Fitzcarraldo himself is a, is quite a likeable guy. I mean, like, I was kind of thinking he was going to be like a Guire or something. Yeah. And, I mean, he's a million miles away from that. Mm. Um, he's, he's passionate and he's dedicated. Um, but it's not, he's not myopic. He can see stuff is going wrong and he tries to fix it. At one point he tries to turn the boat around, but then all, all the natives are there, you know, and, um, but yeah, but, but I mean, at the end, I will just say his cigar chomping shit eating grin at the end <laughs> is the best. I yeah. love the last image of the film. Him just like really getting his mouth around a cigar and smiling. Yeah. <laughs> spot, it, spot on, spot on. But it, it, I mean, that, that's the. I mean, the, the film is quite nicely divided into chunks as well. I mean, mm. you've got the the kind of the first part where it's his love of opera and him trying to convince everyone around him and them all basically telling him that he's nuts. Uh, the second half when he kind of he sets off with the crew, and then the, and then the third part where the crew all leave him, they get the natives and they actually do the boat pulling. Yeah, there's a great moment in the where he hires the um, essentially the, the captain of the ship 
uh, and then there's a great moment where it shows you Chris Crowder as a character. He's 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 driven by this 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 drive that he's got and this ultimate positivity. In if you if you want to do something and you try and do something, you will do it. It's almost that's what he is, and he just. Everything is greeted with a well, 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 we'll do this and we'll do this. He's, he's a solutions man, not a problems man. And so the first person he hires is that drunk chef who essentially said, "I'm the best cook. The only problem is people will say I'm a drunk." And he's like, and he turns around and goes, "I think we should hire him." And it's like, yeah, you yeah, clearly yeah. fucking shouldn't hire this guy. But then, as it turns out, he ends up being the person that yes, he's the exact person you should have hired. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, it's it's. I, I, I mean, there, there's a moment with that chef as well. I love that guy. Where um, uh, they, he's uh, that ch- uh, Cholo is like is like cleaning up, and, it, and the chef's just drinking some booze and saying, "I'm sorry, I can't help you out. I've just got too much of a hangover from last night." It's just swinging from this bottle, and it's it's amazing because like Cholo doesn't even really react and it doesn't really lead to anything. But it's just such a cheeky little character moment, and you you kind of fall in love with him at that moment. I think. Yeah. Um, but I, I yeah, I, it's just the, the 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 weird little group, like tight knit group that they form, and um, the, the cook's little mate as well, McNamara. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just like following him around. It's uh, it's it's wonderful. I mean, you've got all these quirky, weird little bits. But then just like bravura filmmaking as well, like that one shot where the, the ship's going up the mountain. And it's probably like a, a minute or two long where you're just seeing it inch up. And it's almost like at first you can't, you don't even notice it. And then, and then it's like, hang on a second, it is actually moving, isn't it? And it's like they are actually pulling this bloody boat up this mountain. Yeah. This is this is insanity. And you're actually watching. I mean, it's quite meta in that kind of way, but it's um, I don't. It, it's it, it, it's a kind of a, a a portrait of twisted genius made by a twisted genius. Yeah. Um. I. I it's. I, I. I mean. Pardon me. Sorry. It's. I mean. It, it's. It's incredible. It is. It, it. It really is just an astonishing. Films watch and the, like you say, it, it, you could you could I could easily see why people would a think that it's one film uh, when it's actually another, but also be a little bit daunted by the fact that this 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 two and a half hour long film about this man trying to get these natives to drag a boat over a mountain. How that could seem like it could be quite a, a tough watch. It's not at all. It's really not. It, it, you know, it, the more you've heard or you watch, the more you realise his film. His, it, the, the tough films to watch with Herzog are his documentaries. And they're tough to watch, as in the content of them is tough to watch. They're always incredibly fascinating to watch. And that's what Herzog does. He brings just this this playfulness uh, to his feature films. You know, this isn't... It never gets too serious. It, there's always a moment of levity around the corner. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. It, there, there always is here. Um... I mean, the, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the film's darkest moment is is probably just when uh, when those those two guys get killed. Yeah, the, the guy get uh, crushed. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, but I mean, I, I mean, you've got tense moments as well. I mean, it really it reminded me of Sorcerer. Um, yes. You know, uh, there's the one bit towards the end where 
it's uh, the ship's kind of going down those rapids. They've just kind of like the 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 the, 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 the boat's just been drifting, and then it, it hits that. And there's a bit where it almost like and Don Donna was wa- watching this this bit with me, and she and it nearly tips over, and she even went, oh, you know, just what. Well, the, the only people on that that, that that were powering the the ship when it was going down the rapids, it actually goes down the rapids. Uh, the any of the actual the actual crew that they had that were for the ship rather than actual crew for the film, none of them would do it. Uh, so the uh, person in charge of the ship uh, and actually steering the ship while it's going down there is guess who? The whole person. Yeah. Herzog nice. and one crew member are in the are in the ship as it's going down there, uh, and it, it, it's Herzog because his response was someone's got to do it, so I guess it'll have to be me. And his response there was, "What's the worst that can happen?" And they said, "You could die." And he went, "Well, well yeah, that's it. I'm saying, what's the worst that can happen?" Yeah, and he just he is that he's just that kind of character of you get the feeling it's not a. If you tell him to do, you can't do something. He'll do it. It's just, it's a. Well, I want to do it, and I need to do it. So, yeah. are you going to do it? No. Oh, well, I'll do it. Then. Yeah. He's just, he's just got massive balls. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, just considering like where, where it was, where it was shot as well. And I mean, I think we said it with the Guerre, just like the way that, just to make a film in that location, must have been insane. I mean. You, 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 you ask a, a movie producer to give you money to do something like this now, and they tell you it's a fuck off. You know, yeah, I mean, again, it, it's again, it's a it's a film the likes of which we will never see again. There is no film ever no. that a filmmaker is going to be allowed to do something like this again on. No, not not a chance. No way. There'd be a health and safety guy there going no. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it just, uh, it's, you know, it, I mean, it's just, it's a hell of a film. I mean, Christ, it, one of the most definitely not shits we've ever had. You know, I mean, it's, um, I, it's astounding. I mean, I've really, really liked all the films we've done in this marathon, but uh, I mean, this for me is probably the best. You know, Aguirre is, yeah, it's, Aguirre it, it, is it's, great. it's up there with Aguirre, um, f- for me, for Fitzcarraldar, um, uh, as two of my favourite Herzogs of, of his feature films. Nice, yeah, absolutely, man. Cool, okay, nice. Um, so, do we have any questions? We do, we have one uh, from Ethan uh, Bar, Ethan Bar 2 on Twitter, who says, which characters would you have liked to have had their own Fifty Shades-like movie? Oh, Christ. Uh, I've got, I, I, I've got it for you. When Harry Met Sally 2. I've got one for you. Go on. Walter from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> um, 25 Shades of Dude. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> I know you would. I fucking would. Uh, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's mine. That's mine without question. Nice. Disgusting. Is that it? Yes, that's it, that's it. We only have one. <laughs> Brilliant, good work, Ethan. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that is it for this week's Dude and a Monkey. Uh, we'll be back next week with um, 
Fifty Shades of Grey and the first annual Doobies. Yes, yes. Uh, which I, I will. I don't. I still don't know how I'm putting the, these out there. They'll probably go out on Twitter and I'll probably write like a Facebook post or something like that that will have them out. Uh, and as I think of other categories, they'll just get added to it until we until we fucking record. Uh, but so far, just to give you a quick idea of of some of the categories uh, we've got, uh, we have the standard um, best film, uh, we have the best actor, but we also have things like uh, the honorary Sam Worthy and why the fuck is this person being cast in Things Award, uh, the. Um, Annual bloggers calm the fuck down, uh, and the which character do you think had the biggest dick award? Yeah, I love that. Uh, love so that. yeah, uh, oh, we also have the best ass as well. Um, so so yeah, so uh, as I think of more categories, they'll just get added to, uh, and it will it will be the least structured award uh, awards <laughs> you'll ever hear. Yep, brilliant, good. Right, okay, so we'll be uh, we'll be back with that next week. And uh yeah, uh, dude the monkey at gmail.com at dude foz at dude and a monkey. Um anything else, Mark? Uh no, no. Uh just thank you very much for listening guys, uh, and we shall see you at some point next week. Absolutely. Right, so get easy folks and bye bye. Bye.